Welcome to Chronic Curiosity number 28 uh, with Gary Cheney. Uh, real quick, uh, if you are watching, you can tell um, that we have gotten some new equipment like I've talked about in the previous episodes. We've had some hiccups. Uh, this one, I believe, went without a hiccup. So I got it working. Um, like I said, we do still have some more stuff coming out. Uh, there is the website that's up, chronic-curiosity.com. Um, there's going to be some changes coming to that as well, hopefully very soon. And there's actually a, we put a, a forum on there. So if you feel so inclined, you can join up there and throw some ideas or talk and whatever it might be. Uh, so if you want check that out and as always the likes and subscribes and all that stuff is, is appreciated. Uh, if you are enjoying the show. <laughs> Yeah, here you go. Yeah, this, yeah, this one stretches out all the way, so you can sit in the middle there. All right. There you go. All right. We doing it? We good and everything's solid? Yeah, it looks like it. Looks like everything's running good. Um, yeah. Welcome back, Gary. I wish I could partake. Yeah. Thanks I, for having me. Yeah. yeah I, heard, <laughs> I asked, I, uh, I sent Tony a message just morning i was like hey i was like i don't i can't remember what gary likes to drink i said i don't know if he there's something specific he likes so we have a couple beers whatever i was like i know he's like getting ready kind of prepping to get ready to prep like so i don't know if he drink or anything and he messaged me back a little bit later he was like yeah he's like he's got, I got that giant huge meal. meal yeah it's just alcohol won't help that meal is gonna be terrible yeah how many um make sure you keep this thing oh sorry uh, yeah, i forgot you're, yeah you're good um yeah he said like, he's like yeah, he has this giant meal to eat yeah. he feels like if he eats it and drinks he'll probably end up puking yeah you like okay well we're not having them back anymore <laughs> <laughs> so are you getting uh i know you talked about doing the fall right is that still yeah. the, the goal so uh typically in a perfect world you go into an off season and i'm in week two of my off season which is just eating. Oh, the fun's just starting. And eating. Yeah, it's, yes, eating and eating. And, like, just in two weeks, my weight's already jumped quite a bit, uh, which I'm fine with. That's the goal. I wish it was higher. But It looks a lot higher. I'll tell you what. It, doesn't, it looks a lot more than 10 well, pounds. When you walked you. in, I was like, Jesus. <laughs> like, but, man, it's it's eating all this food is just tough. It is, it's mentally tough. It's physically tough. Um and most people like when they hear they're like, "Oh yeah, eating so hard." But no. I mean, how many how many calories are you eating a day now? To do that? I didn't calculate. I calculated the carbs. Oh, you're just, it was, oh okay. You're it was over seven hundred grams of carbs. It's terrible. I feel like that's got to be like five thousand calories just easy, easy, yeah, <laughs> yeah, easy. So it's just uh, it's time consuming. It's just rough. It's rough, but gotta go. Gotta do it. When's the last time you? you um, I didn't. I never didn't really intend for this thing to be all about bodybuilding again. But when's the last? Because this is the first time you've been here all by yourself. Right. 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 Um, when's the last time that you prepped and did the, like? Two thousand nineteen. Oh, okay. So, so, so you just not too far removed. Off, so yeah. So I mean, between the pandemic and I'm not one of those guys that needs to compete every year. It's I'd rather come back with a completely different physique than continue to compete and continually get a little bit better. I want you know next time I get on stage, you're like. Holy crap! That just, guy ate the other guy. You know? <laughs> so that's that's my goal. <laughs> well, yeah, like, I think you're getting there. <laughs> we'll see when it's all said and done. Well, are you doing like a 
particular are you shooting for a particular like weight class or anything like that or how no so physique is all height well it's everybody versus everybody so but you said it was was it it was height like height ranges well initially it starts uh, like in the in the sorry in the regional level and the national level it's all height based so at a local show it could be um it might be a class five six and below b class five six and a quarter to five eight c class five eight and a quarter to five ten and so on so previous to this i've always competed with people my height and then if you win those classes you go to the overall and you face all the winners of those classes which we talked about before so you're going to you're going for the you, you want to do but that. now I'm at the pro level. Oh, so it's so it's the five foot guy versus the six eight guy. Oh, okay. It's, I didn't realize it. Yeah, it's all about who has the best now. physique for that frame. I didn't realize that. So for my frame, you know, the elite guys are getting on stage one eighties, one nineties, which why is why I know I need to be up two fifteen before I even think right, about. Even think about yeah, two ten, two fifteen. So we're, is that where you're going to come in, at trying to dial it back in 180 when you step on mm-hmm. stage? Yeah, I'm, in that, a perfect world. Assuming I put on, fun. well, assuming I put on a, a lot enough muscle, sure. then in a perfect world, that's where I'd be. So but two two fifteen is what you need to hit. To two fifteen is what I want in my head. I think that's the to, magic number to dial it down to 180 to feel like you're going to have that size. Right. Okay. So last time I competed, I was I got up to 198 and I came in at 167. So almost a little over 30 pounds yeah. there. So somewhere in that range, we'll, we'll see. Now, when you, before you start cutting and before you start, you know, that leaning out process, like, are you, I think there's a, there's a couple different things, I guess. A lot of people don't realize like how lean these, you know, you are when you step on stage and a lot of people see like bodybuilders and stuff and they look at them and they're like, oh, like they see them like we talked about before on Instagram or whatever. And it's like, you know, those people aren't walking around every day like that. Like, cause we talked about it. In yeah. The first one, how, you, how much you put your body through to kind of get to that spot. I like, so what percentage wise, just cause my mind works in numbers. Um, but the idea of like, how much are you bulked up and then to get down? Like, cause obviously you want to strip as much fat and everything away, just and gain, keep as much muscle. But like how, like, in simple terms, like how fat do you get, or is it you try to stay fairly um, lean, just having enough yeah, extra I, to kind I of build that your... muscle? You know what I mean? Like, because people here, you drop thirty pounds, it's like, well, where did you drop it from? That's right. Where, like, you got thirty pounds to lose on you. I do yeah, believe it. And I feel to like a lot of it's lean. water. Yeah. You know, uh, well, well, in a sense, like the daily, like just kind of. Well, it's not a normal person who's <clears throat> holding a bunch of stuff that you, you don't really use. Realistically, water wise, like like we we have a co- coworker, Glenn. Like his weight can fluctuate like eight pounds right. like, in a day. Well, he's a giant man. Yeah, I, for, <laughs> I forgot he was on, but um, so his weight can fluctuate. But so you get people that hold tons of water like that. But for me, even in my final week cutting water, I might lose anywhere from four to six pounds, give or take. Right. So the average person doesn't necessarily hold a, you know some obviously some people hold more water than others that goes without saying but the majority of which that the majority of that 30 pounds is 30 pounds of fat like i i carry it like this is i i have an athletic frame but i'm i'm not shredded under this shirt right. i got abs hanging on for dear life right but 
I'm not shredded by any means. I, you know, eat my waist when I diet is here. Right now, my waist is, I'm I'm pretty square, box looking at least from my standards. <laughs> so well, I think a lot of people too don't realize how much fat you're. A, even a person that's like athletic or like in, we'll say a, a general like well-shaped person i don't want to shame <laughs> sorry shaming the dog right, upstairs right, right, right. <laughs> you know what i mean but like a normal a normal person like that's you know skinny fat whatever you want to call it, it's just you know they're not super athletic they're not morbidly obese just a normal person has if, if you had to guess what you think the percentage is like probably like what 23 percent body fat or something like that like a normal male and i think females are a little higher typically yeah i'd probably say a normal male Depends if they work Keep out, if they're active. Let's let's say an active, normal male who's not worried about diet or cardio. It's probably somewhere between. And, and again, this can vary on age too. Because right. I, when I was younger and I didn't worry, I won't say my metabolism slowed down. It, it certainly has, I, I would imagine. But you know, I when I was younger, I could walk around at anywhere from nine to twelve percent body fat. And I wouldn't even think about it. I didn't do cardio. I didn't do, you know, I just lifted, went to the gym and whatever. I played college. I played intramural sports and I'd be about my extent of cardio. Um, now, just like the end body, I, you know, if you want to go off an end body test, have whatever you think the accuracy is on those. I was uh, back in, like, I want to say November-ish. I was like 16.1% body fat, which I believe I hold it through my stomach and my my butt and my quads, even though they're not big. There's there's some fat there, um, and then I just got one right before I started this plan, and I was like sixteen point seven, but my muscle mass had gone up significantly, so I felt pretty good about that because that's what I, I envision. I thought I was going to be a little bit more fat than that, but um, all in all, I mean, <clears throat> like I said, it just depends on your lifestyle. But I'd say. The average probably this is a big range, but probably fifteen to twenty three, twenty four, and and you can still look look the part. You know, you might take off your shirt and look a little softer than people would expect, but right. you can still look like you're working out and so on. Well, I think that's. So. I guess I guess my my whole point of that was is you know a lot of times people don't you know really think about all of the things that you eat and what your body's made of and how much like people say oh twenty five percent body fat like. Well, it's, it's really not that high because, you know, you got all your, What's your in muscle between mass? your muscles, yeah. like in between, like you got a lot of joints, you got a lot of spaces where you can hide stuff, you know, yeah, <laughs> and, and your fat is, that's, that's an important piece of. And it's funny body. because when I go, like, I'll talk to patients and I'll say, okay, your fat mass is, you have 40 pounds of fat on you. You have 50 pounds. Oh my God. That's so much. Well, dude, you weigh two hundred and forty pounds. Yeah, what what else? What do you mean? That's a lot. (laughs) That's a lot of muscle too. Right. You know, there's a silver lining there. But um, going back to the question you asked, I never answered it. What's the? How far out of shape do you do you typically get? Different people say different things. I think it comes down to knowing your metabolism, knowing your work ethic, and and knowing your time frames. Um, so for me, like I lost that 30 pounds in 13 weeks, 13, 14 weeks, my metabolism still rolling. Good to go. Um, for somebody else, especially, and it comes down to who's, who you're working with. You know, if you don't know, so if I went to diet you down and I don't know your body, right. 
I'm gonna, I always prep my clients for longer than what I think it'll take. Just, and if they're ready early, cool, let's knock out a show beforehand. But if not, or, or if they're ready early, I can test run some different ideas. But if they're not, maybe I needed that whole 20 weeks. Maybe I needed that whole 25 weeks. So, you know, <clears throat> sometimes people say you want to stay within 15 to 20 pounds of your stage weight. It just depends on the individual. It depends on how much muscle you need to add. You know, those types of things. So, you know, if my stage weight is 180 this year, 185, and I get up to 215, I know I can get that off me. So it's not going to be easy, right. but I can get it off me. So it just, it, it's an individualized thing. It's all the, the planning process. And right. Whatnot. But I will say, like, I got a client just driving down here. I looked at his Instagram, and he he just posted he was 227. He got on stage at one. Uh, 176 was the top of his weight class. And we have this conversation every year. Dude, you cannot get that big. And he's only 5'6". Like, oh, you wow. cannot Jeez. get that big. Like, you keep getting... And he 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 wears it well. His legs are monstrous. Like, he wears it well. But you can't get that big because you're making a much harder prep than it has to be. I mean, when we got down to... He lost... He was 198. And we realized we needed to go down to the next weight class. He had 17 days, I think it was, to make it down to 176. And he's a, he's one of the top two hardest workers I have. And three hours of cardio a day. So you put him on the, the bike with the suit? He, listen, <laughs> he will do anything. He, if you lock him in the sauna and say, we need to get this water off, you stay in the sauna for an hour. Okay, I'll do it. Like He bought a, he bought an at-home yeah. sauna and everything, <laughs> and we got the weight off of him. And he made weight and everything, and... That's just how he his mind operates, but um, but he sets himself up for a harder prep because he he has that mindset. I got to get bigger to put on muscle. Right. You don't have to get that big, dude. If your weight class is one one uh, one seventy six, why not just stay around two hundred two hundred five? That's thirty pounds above. Yeah, I never thought about that, like because because we've talked about before. Like I used to enjoy lifting whatever a lot more and I, like i just want to get big right because i was i was a kid in high school i was like uh i played football i wanted like i wanted to gain some size because i, I went to a small school and i was a lineman and you wouldn't obviously believe it <laughs> like some 511 you know 180 pound kid but i always wanted to like get bigger and get bigger because yeah. like i did everything i could and i still graduated i think maybe at one I was like 185, and that was, I mean, just shoving my face all the time. But then, so I just wanted to keep on getting bigger. But I never thought about, like, well, some of these, if you're competing, like, you all, you only need to beat the next best person. Yeah. So then why make it harder? Yeah, never, why, why yeah, and, and, and the same goes for, like, even, like, powerlifting. You know, you might have the concept, I'll get bigger, bigger, stronger, stronger. You got to you got to diet, diet back down to that weight class where you you're actually competitive. You can be strong, cool, but you compete in the closest weight class. To you if you're 225 pounds, you belong in the 170 class, and you just say, "Well, I can't make that weight. I'm going to compete against the 220s." Well, cool, you're strong for 170, 220. You're about to get smoked, right? You know, I don't even know if that's a weight class, probably, but you, I, I you get what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, you get uh, what I'm saying. Like, yeah, I've I've met people before when I was lifting. They'd be like. Oh, I bench 450 pounds. Well, you also weigh 450 right, pounds. Cool. Like, not that impressive. <laughs> yeah. like, you bench your body weight. Yeah. Like, good for you. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. You can get it once. Yeah. Like, cool. 
Yeah. Now, the, like you said, like, dude's 180 and benching 450 pounds. Yeah, that's moving some okay. weight. Yeah, yeah, that's impressive. Right. Yeah. Is something messed up? No, the average American oh. man oh, science has 28% yeah. body fat, and the average American woman is at 40%. That's how obese. According to the said, National Health yeah. and Nutrition Examination Survey. Oh, there you go. That's how obese our uh, our <laughs> America is. Yeah, that's oh, that's that's well, those statistics put out by Joe Biden's new uh, assistant <laughs> secretary of health. <laughs> doesn't mention oh, circling back around. It doesn't. Yeah. Not seeing, yeah. uh, oh, let's. Well, I remember one time for um through insurance through my wife's work they uh. I had to, if you don't meet certain criteria, you have to go and, you know, you have to make sure you're tracking your steps to like tell them yeah, you're, yeah. all that stuff. They probably thought you were morbidly obese. They did. So you because BMI. something happened where I didn't do all the requirements and they're like, well, because your BMI, um, you know, you, basically they're going to up our insurance because my BMI. Yeah. It's ridiculous. And I was at that big time, I was fat, fatty. Yeah. Fat. I was a big old fat, fatty fat. At that time I was, I don't know, probably I was well in my two thirties, maybe pushing two forty, And I would say I average, I don't know for sure. Cause I've never had like a really good body fat test done, but I was, I was in the teens easily in the teens. So, so for a dude that's five eleven at two forty with a body fat percentage, and you know, from I'd say there's times where I would maybe dip down closer to ten, but like I'd usually probably stay within thirteen to eighteen. Be my, they're like, yeah, you're a you're you're obese, and I'm like, no, like I called him, I was like, look, I said, I'll come in if you'd like. Yeah, I said, what, what what do I need to do? I said because this is, I don't think you realize, like, what you're dealing with here. They're like, well, you can go to this place and, you know, they'll do a body fat percentage test on you. So that would be like, you know, to negate the BMI. Yeah. So I go in and uh, I go in the door and the guy's like, oh, okay. He's like, you're here for a body fat test for in health insurance. He's like, oh, okay. He's like, well, I'll take off your shirt. And he, <laughs> I took off my shirt and he, he turns around and goes, well, this is the dumbest one I've ever done. <laughs> like, like, I tried telling him. Yeah, that. I was like, I tried telling him. Man. He's like, no, he's like, I get it. Like, insurance is insurance. They want the paperwork. He was like, but yeah, I think he put me at like, I think I think that time I was like, like 14%, something like that. But it was just what like, uh, mode of uh, testing did they do? It was just the caliper. Oh, okay. It was just a caliper. I think he did a caliper because test. This is a waste of time. Yeah, he basically, <laughs> yeah. Let's just um, do two sites and call it a day. Yeah, and he's like trying to like, some of the spots he's trying I to pinch, he's like, he's like, oh, like, I was like, Don, it's all right. You can hurt me. It'll be right. fine. Like, what, what do you, how, that's a good question. Um, do you know, like the most accurate, like, have, cause I've heard like the water displacement ones and different, like, I don't know really much about any of those. Have you done any of those so, or like, yeah, I've done them all. Per, per, uh, only one I haven't done is bod pod, ironically. And you see that most often in gyms, uh, uh I'm not most often the, you see it around. Um, so underwater weighing is the most accurate. Um, what? Hold on. You're talking about the hydrostatic tank. Yeah. So isn't DEXA? Didn't they come out with a system of DEXA that's almost just as back exactly when I right? back when I learned yeah, DEXA so that, was the second most. Okay. So I think they came out with the maybe look that up. I thought they came out with the DEXA was accurate, but yeah, the gold standard was definitely the hydrostatic. Yeah. Tank. Which, where, where'd you do that at? Kent State. Okay. Yeah, we had one at Kent. I did I did that down at, at Charleston. Yeah, so you just get in and you sit on like this swing like thing. 
breathe out, breathe then, out, yeah. breathe out, breathe out. Yeah, and then your whole class is cheering you on, <laughs> yeah. sitting there freezing. I'm all of 150 pounds, soaking wet. Then they take you under, and I mean, you know, you do the test. Um, I've done more DEXs than any other form of testing. Yeah. Uh, and DEXA, at least last time I did it, I've done a couple different forms, but this one was you lay on a table, a rectangle shaped table. Um, it has some border lines. You need to keep your body inside the lines. And then it runs a, it runs like this arm across your body at literally about this rate. And it takes about 20 minutes to cover your whole body. Jeez. And as it does that, it's spitting out, you know, what your, your body, you know, where was it like measure, like measure like densities and stuff. Like, is that how it does it or how to like, and it recognizing fat? Um, it's, I'm not exactly sure. The, the Cass, science what's, behind the, <laughs> is it, what's DEXA stand? Like, is that an acronym for something? It it's is. been a long well, time so, since so I did so anything. Going back to, to the water one. So just, I, I think I know how they do that. It's, for, it's a regression for, equation. So they, so you go in the water, and essentially because of fat buoyancy, that the weight you weigh in the water, they're able to calculate how much Displa the rest of your body displaces, the yeah. displacement yeah. and everything else. So it's, okay, so yeah. it's just like a calculation piece. Yep. That makes sense. And what was that one? Like two or three percent rate of air? On I the don't tank. remember. Something, was... Yeah, something like that. It's been a while. So that's the hydrostatic. What? Okay, there you go. What's Dexa? Scroll, scroll down. Because what's our? Uh, so see, there's the arm I was talking about. Oh, uh, okay. So it almost do like a uh, little X-ray type. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly. Oh, it's X-ray imaging. Yeah. yeah. That means Gary's not part of the matrix. <laughs> nope. <laughs> <laughs> so bone density is measured separately than body fat and lean mass. Okay. Yeah. So it's kind of like just some kind of weird X-ray thing they do, and they're able to see the. But it's cool because they break it down like. This is how much fat you have in your head. This is how much fat you have in your arms. <laughs> so they're like, hey, you're like, a fat Yeah, you, you got a fat ass hood. Yeah, you're yeah. a fat head, man. Right. <laughs> Good beer. Cool. Yeah. Uh, well, that could take it back to, that could uh, um, decide if someone's really big boned or not, right? And so, and so Dexa, you can find, you can find like, uh, uh, what's the name of, uh, not Cleveland State, what's the, Tri-C. Tri-C has okay. one. Like, you can call around and find them. And uh, and they can get you in. Is it that's a dual, dual energy, energy X-ray uh, absorbitometry? I knew everything except for the last word. Geometry. <laughs> yeah, I didn't get the last one. Absorb geometry. Absorb geometry. I don't know. That's a that's a mouthful. I still don't feel like I'm saying it. absorb geometry. Doesn't sound like a word. I don't know. Oh, so they use it for other things. Oh, okay. Oh, so they can, that makes sense. So they can use it for osteoporosis because you can measure bone density and stuff too. Hmm. So it's a multi, multi-faceted machine. Man, technology, huh? How about that? What's the in-body one that we do? Is that bioelectrical impedance? Mm -hmm. So obviously your hydration status is going to play a Yeah, so that's what I tell patients. Um, is that the ones like they have, a, you see a lot of times where like they step on the scale with the barrel feet and they'll send. Yeah. You see those with home scales. Right. This one has a handle too. Gotcha. So, um, basically, four points of contact, but it can be affected by food intake, water intake, um, you know, a number of things. So, for quick and easy with patients coming in and out the door, it's something you know you're not you don't have time to put somebody on. Number one, we 
can't afford a DEXA, but number two, right. you don't have time to put somebody on a DEXA and like, hey, this is here's a, an accurate reading. Like, so I imagine just getting a general idea, you know. Yeah, and so like even me when I get them, because I know that I make sure I'm fasted every single time. Not right. a drop of water. <laughs> yeah. I wake up that morning, I come in starving. Yeah, jump on the scale good. and then trying yeah. to come in low. Right? Yeah, it's like when you, when you go to the doctor, they're like. <laughs> I'll stand on the scale. Well, should I take my shoes off? Well, you can't. I gotta take my shoes yeah, off. Yeah, cool. Two seconds <laughs> later, front taking balls your, naked, <laughs> taking your necklace <laughs> off, so you and got some clothes on. <laughs> nope, gotta get an accurate measurement. Right. <laughs> That's how it is, man. That's awesome. So, have you uh, decided on any like specific shows you're doing? I know you said you're just kind of looking to see. I know the time frame. Um, I know some shows that are in that time frame, but it's it's all a strategy. Sandal, bro. Vegas. <laughs> you just gotta it has to make sense for my level has to make sense for timing um a lot of pieces to the puzzle have to make sense right. so i just i know that the general time frame i know that that i paid for six months with my coach so towards the end of that six months i need to know what i'm doing otherwise i'll be paying them for more months <laughs> so and i don't want to drag this out right so It'll be at the end of summer. You have to keep us posted. Yeah, like definitely. Be, you think, is there any um, like local ones? I was going to say, unfortunately, nothing will be local. Ah, as local okay. as it gets would be, well, the Arnold, but I'm not doing that. Um, there's a Kentucky show. I think it's in Lexington. It's probably four or five hours away. Um, trip, Tony. I do like bourbon. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be sitting there cheering you right. like, yeah. Go, Gary. Gary. I'd be like, Tony, I'm beside you. It's not, <laughs> yeah. it's not oh. even me on stage. Gary's like, I don't know that guy. Yeah. <laughs> right. That's probably, I can see that happening. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I don't know yet. So, we're just going. That'll be cool. Well, as long as, yeah. That'd be, that'd keep us posted. Interested to uh, at least uh, follow. Yeah. For sure. As long as uh, COVID doesn't. Yeah, as long as, well, with, with places opening up, I'm optimistic now. Yeah, I hope so. I, I, it sounds like more and more are op- opening up. Yeah. More people are getting pissed off about it. But <laughs> You see, did you guys see, well, I'm a huge UFC fan, so Dana White did a press conference yesterday, and he goes, he goes, we'll be the first ones in Texas. He goes, I'm already, he goes, if I could have had this, there's a big fight card tonight. He's like, if I could have had this fight Texas, card in Texas, he, he goes, I would have had, had it, no questions asked. He goes, we got another one coming up in, he said, three weeks. It'll be in Texas. He goes, it's supposed to be in Vegas. We're trying to get it moved to Texas. That'd be awesome. Because he's smart he's moving at it. it. Yeah. He goes, no we kid. will be the first ones to have, uh, I mean, they That's were cool. the first ones to have a sporting event, period. Yeah. Yeah. Because they went to Abu Dhabi, so. Yeah, they stayed on pretty, I mean, they were pretty early. They were super early. Yeah, they were. They were. It was like midsummer. Yeah. They were. And the, and quite honestly, not that many people. Their testing is so on point that number one, you never saw. I have yet to see Dana with a mask on, not one time. And he's around all these people, yeah. but they do such strenuous testing. Like when they were in Abu Dhabi, they were flying these guys in, and then they live in a bubble. They they have to right. get in early. They stay in this bubble. You have to get tested before you, you get tested before the plane. You get tested after the plane. You get tested before you enter the bubble, and then I'm sure there's more testing in there. Right. But once you're in there, you know, same yeah, as a couple the days NBA. of testing in there, you know, you're good. Right. And that's the thing that I'm gonna do it. Um, I, I, I said you guys <laughs> don't do no, it. No, no, it's not that bad. Um, <laughs> Gotta tell you something, Joe Rogan. Yeah. <laughs> you may not know this about me. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, 
I, I made the mistake this morning of getting up and I was eating my breakfast and I turned the news on. And I know it's a terrible mistake, but I turned the news on and they keep fucking screaming at me, follow the science, follow the science. And I'm like, okay, like I get it, follow the science. So, you know, I was like, so I started looking through numbers. Like, so I went on the CDC site and I know, like, obviously COVID is, it's not great. People die. Like it's, it's not good. I'm not, I'm not trying to, um, diminish what COVID is, but just taking all that aside and looking at just the numbers. So we've had roughly, and I'll just round things. So you've had 500,000 deaths from that have that COVID has been attributed to. Allegedly. That's what I said. COVID has been attributed to 500,000 deaths in the United States, roughly. So I go, okay, let's look at some more numbers. So you go, 2019, 2.8 million people died in the United States. Over half of that was from heart disease and cancer. So you had 1.4 million deaths in the United States in 2019 from heart disease and cancer. Now the cancer one, I feel like there's some things that are somewhat like that's just some genetics that you can't get around, but heart disease. Did everybody just get healthy all of a sudden and we? Yeah. So, so then I look at those numbers and then you look at the numbers, the five of the, so the 500,000 people, that's 0.0015% of the United States population. So 0.0015% of the population of the United States died from COVID. Of that 0.0015% was it? It's 80% are 60 and above and 95% are 50 and above. So 95% of 0.0015% of the United States population has died from COVID and they are all 50 and above. So what's the difference between being 20, 30, 40 years old, going out doing your thing. And then if you don't feel good, don't go fucking see your grandparents because you might have the fucking flu. Right. So to me, that's where like, I have a real hard time with it, man. Like I get it now. Like Texas is killing people. People are dying every day. Like it's, I, it's crass to say, but oh no, man! <laughs> At least it was me. Bro, all I can think of is I don't know what to get my nana. Get her a casket. That's what old people do. They die. <laughs> yeah. So like, you know what I mean? Like, like what the like the to me like the debate about the schools. That shouldn't even be a debate. It's a bunch of kids. Right. How many teachers are older than sixty years old? Not very many. You know what I mean? So it's like. All right, you're telling me to follow the science. I just followed the science, and I think you're full of horseshit because you're what you're saying and the science don't match up. Like, I just feel like it's a lot of fear mongering. But guess what? <laughs> Your opinion doesn't matter. I know it doesn't. Neither does ours. Yeah. I I don't even like. I watch the news purely as entertainment, yeah. and it's like because you can get you start thinking you into it, and then you get angry, up. and you're like. This is bullshit. Like, yeah, this is bullshit. Like I just, I just do what you told me yeah, to do, and right. it doesn't make any yeah, it sense. <laughs> like, like, yeah. it, like that's I always tell people. Like COVID wasn't a stressor for me. Like yeah, I couldn't see as many people as I'd like to. Yeah, I couldn't do this. I couldn't do that. But the, the 
the bright side of things, I saved a lot of money. I got to do a, <laughs> yeah, a right. lot of projects that I've been, you know, trying to do. I got to um, started investing more. I started doing because I had extra money, so I started doing a lot of these things yeah. that, you know, I, a lot of people want to just talk about the bad of COVID. But there's, I mean, yes, there's that. Yes, people are sick. Yes, we we can't. We're limited on what we can do based on the rules and whatnot. But there's still, I don't know. There's still positive out of it. You know, you get to spend more time with your family, whether you want to or not, you know, you get to. Um, so to to get, like, caught up in what DeWine rules or what the news says, it's like, we got enough issues of our own in our own personal lives to even, you know, get caught up in what rules they're making for us. And it, it is what it is. It's not like these rules are just like, Fred, you can't do this. Tony, you can't do this. It's... None of us can do it. So, what, what difference does it make at the end of the day? Like, why, why even let it stress me? Yeah, no, and that's I, I'm in the same boat. Like, 2020 was honestly a uh, obviously there's some downfalls here and there, but it was a, I've said it before. It was, a, it was a pretty damn good year. We got a lot of shit done. Like, yeah. Like, started this. I mean, it's, I don't know how many people has benefited, but there's been a few that have benefited from it. So. Um, yeah, but if nothing else, it's you know it's fun. It's, it's yeah. an yeah. outlet for you guys. Yeah. You know, just well. That's the, why I've always said like, yeah, we like. I do this just because I fucking want to. Yeah, and it's fun. Like all the other additional things that happen because of it. Like that's awesome. Look, I put in six hours round trip <laughs> to come down here and, <laughs> it's and just real. talk. It's true. Like I actually enjoy it. Yeah. You're like you want to go in? Yeah, I'll be there. Cool. Yeah. Saturday's like, open. I appreciate you. I'm driving yeah, down. I really appreciate you. Talking to people on the phone. Like, yeah, I'm going to shoot a podcast. I didn't even know the topic today, but I'm going. Yeah. <laughs> this is it. Cool. So no, going back to what you were saying, man, I, I actually have spoken with uh I don't want to say many people, but a decent amount of people. And they're like, I don't know that you understand like what we get from the podcast in terms of just encouragement and bringing different people on and seeing people like yourself going after goals. And working hard and persevering, and then like that actually motivates people. Or I've got different patients where we'll have people on, and they're like, "Some of the things you guys say, like, I love that when you talk about personal accountability, personal responsibility, society of meritocracy, uh, the fact that you guys are willing to sit down and listen to other people's opinions that you don't agree with, but you still respect like everyone. Like, dude, there, there's actually a lot of people that that thoroughly enjoy that, and they're like, we love what you guys are doing." Even even our patients, man, people yeah. are like chronic curiosity. Right. I'm like, oh, <laughs> yeah. listening to right. it, and they're right. like, yeah, we listen to it, man. I'm like, it's kind of it's weird, man, when people say that too. I'm like, for me, like anyone that would take your time, which in my opinion is the absolute like most valuable thing you could do, and you would invest it in something that we created. Yeah, because like, you can't get it, your time back. No, that's it, the one it, thing. Well, you can't get more of. Well, I mean, maybe Elon Musk can. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> no, it, I mean, for me though, when someone's like, "I listen to you," I'm like, "You gave me your time that you can't get back, right. dude." I'm blown away about that. So yeah, we. I have. I've, I. I. I joke and I say that, but I have had a lot of people, you know, talk about different episodes and hey, I man, I heard that your guest Gary, he said this. Like that was it just really meant a lot to me and. um it's funny. I just uh, was talking to uh, Becky Kirian. She posted something. Oh, it was about jujitsu. Yeah. She's doing some kind of conditioning for a jujitsu gym. Did you see that? And um, I was like, that's so awesome. Like super jealous. And um, she's like, dude, like these people are just so awesome. And I was like, you know, I was like, we talked to, after we talked to Mike Manchek. Yeah. I was like, man, I was like, it really, 
sounds like something really interesting and talked about maybe getting the kid into whatever. And she's like, Oh my God, I listened to that episode. He, like totally like, like, so it's, it's, you even have like people that are on the podcast that enjoy listening to other people that were on the podcast that have That's, no, like no. When I listen to, um, uh, DeRoya, uh, uh like, I was like, oh, yeah. I'm tuning into that one. Like, I, I want to hear, like, the story on that. Like, that's, it's just, you know, it, it's like, it's like, listen, it's, you know, we can listen to uh, Joe Rogan's podcast all day. You have no idea what the next topic is, but he's entertaining. Like, mm -hmm. it, it becomes even, it's, it's almost more entertaining to listen to Chronic Curiosity because I know you guys and, like, I, I can relate to you guys. I, Joe Rogan, I'm not on the... I don't make as much money as him. I haven't no, done the things he's done. You know what I mean? Do. Like he's a he's an everyday dude, or at least he seems like it. Yeah, you know, from the outside, a millionaire, right? But at the same time, he's he's experienced things that none of us in this room will ever experience. Right. That's what I will say. That's one thing he'll be like. I'm just I'm just a dumb champ. Like, dude, you're a UFC commentator. Yeah. You make multi no. hundreds of millions of dollars, and you had a TV show like. You're not just a normal guy, right? I appreciate it, like, and maybe he's, he's grounded. You know, yeah, what I mean, that's grounded. that's. Yeah. I think that's the the point he's. But at the same time, there's just so many things you can't relate to, because it's it's inevitable that he's going to mention something like, oh yeah yeah yeah, this you know this one time I was speaking to Shaq when we were out on the yacht in the middle of the <laughs> yeah, what? Like, what? Yeah. Where were you again? Yeah. Like, you driving know I mean? my Tesla right. Platt edition. You're like, <laughs> yeah, what's that? I can't. Well, no, I I do like so that level of intimacy, and then I think the other cool thing too is you know you listen to that that podcast with Rose and it's, it's intimate enough that if you were like, Hey, I'd love to come on that podcast or I'd love to connect with that person. You know, you can, right. You can. So, yeah, well, honestly, it's, it's kind of on the topic. It's kind of blowing my mind. Like I know when you were here with CJ, I'm sitting there like halfway through CJ's telling a story and I was like, what the fuck am I doing here? Like, I don't, I am out of my zone. Like, just to be able to sit across from somebody like that. And the same thing with like, you know, talking to Rose and it was just like, well, how, how, how did I get here? Like, right. how, you know, it's like, and it's not like I'm not, I'm talking to Shaq on a yacht somewhere, but it was like, man, like we've met so many people and just the interactions and just, it just kind of blown me away. Yeah. And that's, and that's kind of what I like. I feel like even though, you know, Joe Rogan brings on all these people, at this point in his life, there probably aren't many things that surprise him. No matter how crazy the story is, he's probably like, oh, I heard one somewhere of that. Or I met somebody <laughs> yeah. that's done something oh, yeah, just like that. Like or that I once. did that. <laughs> we're, we're like, what? Your hand got blown off? And your leg? Yeah. And you died and you came back? And then you turned pro in bodybuilding? Like, that's... Yeah. You don't see that every day. Yeah. So, I don't know. I think that's what makes that's what makes some of these not so known podcast cool because it's like you said it's intimate and relatable to an extent not to take away from joe rogan because obviously he's doing something right yeah, yeah. for sure and, and it's cool to get i mean kind of get the stories out there man get cg's story out there like he's got a book coming out you know get rose's story out there like she wants to educate and destigmatize yeah, yeah. And, substance and abuse and even like, destigmatizing i think that's a perfect example of having you here i mean when we uh, we talked about a couple of weeks ago, we're like, hey, like, who do you want to have on this weekend, whatever? And he was like, we've both said, like, you know, anytime Gary wants to come back, he can 
I mean, I'm even, even if we're full up, you can like sit on the refrigerator over there. Or I, mean, they, I got out. the I got like, the lead and check marks of how many times I've been here, right? Yeah, I pretty close. Yeah, yeah pretty darn close. Yeah. In, the, in the back, just quoting some Chappelle. <laughs> yeah, whatever. But like, like you know, if if you were to just you know, it's so hard. Like when I when I you know produce these and put them out there, and it's like try to put a descriptor to somebody. You know, Gary Cheney, IFBB Pro, and you know, coach. You know, prep yeah. coach. They think, well, most people think, oh, so he's just a meathead that knows a lot about food. (laughs) They're like, he's not even that big. (laughs) Yeah. But then, and then, like, you know, even my own mind, like, and then to sit down and talk to you, it's like, oh, there's a lot more to this dude. Like, and I think just destigmatizing people in general has been fascinating for for us, like, doing this and talking to people where you think, all right, this is this person's story. And then you talk to the person. And yeah, you get the story. You get, you get what you expected, but then there's but you get so, so much, much yeah. more. Because like, so many doors open up, and yeah, yeah, yeah and I, I, I agree. Yeah. It's just really neat. And the same thing with like Glenn when we talk, and like, and how even the dynamic of all you guys meeting up together and now it's here, you know. And then going back to what you said, like, I have people. I mean, I was listening to that, that Glenn guy story. That's a pretty crazy story. And he's just talking about like, yeah, oh yeah, you know, we just kind of left the country, like, you know, and moved here, moved here, moved here. And then, hey, you know, here we are. And he's like, like what? And it's just so like nonchalant about it. Like there's so many ideas and people that I, I, I think my goal is just to, so someone can listen to something and go, oh, so I'm not the only person on this planet. Yeah. It's crazy because, you know, you might put a description behind all these people that come on, but that's only, at least for me, bodybuilding is just a part of my life. It's, right. if nothing else, it's a hobby that I enjoy, but that doesn't, you know, there's a lot of things that come before being a, a bodybuilder. Being, now being a dad comes far be, before being a bodybuilder. Um, you know, just... I, bodybuilding something i have to fit into my schedule last night i was i was yesterday i was at my buddy's house and two of my best friends uh my one friend is in from vegas right now last minute he came in happy birthday right is that the birthday the birthday you said he was home for his birthday or something like that no this no 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 this so i got two friends in town oh okay one guy is in from erie and and this guy is in from He's from Ohio. He moved to Vegas. Gotcha. He just well, happy out. birthday to but, both of yeah, them. Happy birthday, yeah, happy birthday. All right. <laughs> if they're your friends, so, right. they got to be great right. people. Let's celebrate. Sure. So, yeah. So he's in town. And um, so I got out of work early yesterday, 3 o'clock, shot up to Cleveland, immediately sit down and start working on my computer, stop, BS with them a little bit, did a little in-house workout, and then right back to my computer. I worked on my computer from because I had to get all my bodybuilders their stuff out right. from three to nine o'clock while I'm sitting trying to entertain my friend who's in town. And, and so at the end of the day, it's like I said, bodybuilding is something I have to fit into, you know, these people are dependent on me. So I have to get these plans out. It's plus they're paying me. I have to get these plans out, but you know, realistically, if, if it came down to it, I could drop bodybuilding tomorrow and, you know, they're going to figure out they're, they'll find another coach and life goes on and it is what it is. But just like I said, with anybody that you've talked to, um, 
you know, people can stigmatize what they think that person might be like until you open those doors, like we said, and find out what really makes that person tick and makes them go. And yeah, what's behind so, the cover? Yeah, so that's super. I couldn't agree with that more. And I think that's, and um, even to start this, obviously, I felt like I was pretty open minded when I started because we wanted to do this, but then it's only just flourished since then. Now it's even more like, all right. Who else can we find to talk to? Like who else? Like, it's it's almost like a uh, a hunger that's grown, you know, right. just to find right. New, what crazy story yeah, can we like, share with the world? Which which awesome person can I talk yeah. to next? Um, but you said you're schedule wise, and I think you mentioned that before, where you only take on so many clients, right? And I think that's sounds really smart of you because if you put yourself too far into it, then yeah. So end up. yes and no. So. <laughs> it gets to the it gets to the point where like it's very hard to turn down people. Um, one, obviously, you're turning down money, which isn't the driving factor for me. But people are coming to you because they want to be helped, or because they saw the work you can do, and they're like, "That's the guy I want to work with." And then you might oh, open up one of their pictures, yeah. and you're like, "That's not the guy I want to work with." Like this is going to be a journey. This is going to be like I'm so busy right now. I just got one the other day. So busy right now. This dude's starting from scratch. You know, I'm gonna have to go through and hold his hand. This is what's expected of you. Blah blah blah. He's gonna make mistakes. Now I'm annoyed. Like all these different. Like, do you know what you just signed up for? So, you know, a lot of those things are are make or break as to why you might take somebody on. But at the same time. I would like to do this full time. I'd like to get up at six, seven o'clock in the morning, type, 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 be done by noon and have the rest of my day to myself. Right. And I can do that from Ohio. I can do that from California. I can do that from Hawaii. <laughs> yeah. I can do that anywhere I want to. I can pose with you virtually. I can do all these different right. things and it allows so much flexibility, but you have to have the clientele to, to have that, right. that freedom. Well, that's what I was wondering. How does that stop you? Because, you know, a lot of times people will, you know, once you start getting a, a, well, just in general, once someone starts getting like a, a full plate, they go, all right, well, I'll start charging more. You know, because if if your services are that good, people are going to pay for it. Yeah. So like, what, what's, you, you what's use this? it for a weeding out process too, because if people aren't willing to pay you, they're looking for the discounted rate. Cool. I I want somebody that's willing to pay me for my services, and and I might get three that say no, but I got that one that says yes that has tons of potential and so on and so forth. And they so, want to be a pro. Yeah. So it's, you know, <laughs> discounted rate, discounted product. Right. right. <laughs> exactly. So but yeah. what keeps you from doing that? Cause it sounds like you, you're sounds like you're in high demand. Um, I'm not in the demand I would need to match what I make. Right. That's a hard, I think it's a hard flip over too, for people that have like a, you know, that nine to five or that career job to go into, you know, being, you know, starting a business or something yeah. like that where it's, man, like the potential's there, but like you don't make enough to like completely take over your job, but and you never really will because if you're making enough to take over your job, that means you're, you're working more. So like right. you can only work so much. So honestly, you the, got a plan to do it. The biggest, the biggest thing is, um, for me right now, honestly, is, um, I'm looking to buy another house and they need that two years of, uh, consistent income yeah. and so going back to being self-employed starts me from scratch again and so 
everything just has to make sense. Uh, otherwise, I don't really have much holding me back. I, I've, I've pretty much convinced myself which direction I want to go. And I got a, other, a couple other business ventures I'm working on. So even, you know, like right now, bodybuilding money is just supplementary for me. It's cool. Like, it literally, go, like, I, I talk about this all the time with my friends, but I go out with my cash app card. If we go to restaurants or whatever on the weekends, I have a cash app card, which a lot of clients pay me on cash app. We go out. I don't even know the balance on it. I just swipe it because it's it's just extra money. It just sits in that account. I don't I don't yeah, really care. Right. It doesn't come out of my bank account. I don't I don't see it disappear. Right. And then it gets replenished when somebody pays me. So to spend fifty bucks, a hundred bucks, two hundred bucks, three hundred bucks, I'll make that back in no time, and I'm good to go. So it's it's cool because it's it's a side it's a side hustle. Right. Where did you get that? Where did you kind of get that sense from? Because like you know, a lot of people have that's. I feel like I'm gonna make a generalization here. Um, one of the biggest issues with people and their money, money issues, is because they don't know how to manage it properly. They don't like, <laughs> you know, they don't handle it very well. You know, so they got the money, they gotta spend it. Where did you get that? Because that's a really good idea. Is having, you know, getting to the point where you have like kind of your own little business that you're doing, and then just having all of that stay separate, and then being able to kind of enjoy that and keeping it like we're so this is it's a good question so this is kind of a because there's not a, a lot of deep people topic that, like, if they me. think if they got a lot of money like especially well i started this business and this business is making a lot of money so now i can just like spend it all willy-nilly like but, all right so bear with me on this one um no yeah take your time so when i was li my aunt raised me and um we were middle class um no i'll go all the way back so when I lived with my mom, we were like dirt poor, like dirt, dirt. My my whole life story is a whole a whole another session. I was gonna say uh, yeah, if you didn't have to be out here, but right. you know, in an hour, I would right. tell you, I got time. That's a whole nother session. But it, long story short, I ended up moving four, in. Right, Gary's Gary's life. <laughs> so I ended up living with my aunt, and um, it was my aunt, my sister, my cousin, and me. And um, you know, she worked at Packard. Anytime we'd ask for something, she was, I don't have it. Right? She was supporting three kids when we were younger. Like, yeah, right. I'm, you have it. You're like you work at Packer back then. That, you, that was a pretty good job. <laughs> but anyway, she, it, it is what it is. So I developed a work ethic. Um, it was funny because people in college knew like Gary's, Gary's at work. Gary's when I had three jobs through college. I started working when I was, my first job was when I was 12. I was working at a pager shop. Um, my neighbor owned a pager shop, so I was there. My job was to go in. You're really dating yourself. I had, now. To, yeah. <laughs> I had to call. I had to call these people and tell them that their pager bill was due, or that it was past due. And and on the backside, he had a mechanic shop, so I would clean up and all this, all this crazy stuff. Um, and then, you know, I went on, grew up, had you know, worked through high school, um, moved in with my wrestling coach, paid for my whole college. Um, so on and so forth. And now, you know, and even as an adult, this is my first job as an adult where I have a boss. The very first job I've ever had where I have, I get a paycheck from somebody else that is paying me because I'm working for them. Um, but when I live with my aunt, I'll never forget, she gave us, um, a Santa dollar. She called it a Santa dollar, and it was a dollar. We got it on Christmas, and it had a sticker over 
you know, over the president's face. And you could, it's a real dollar and everything. You could take the sticker off and go spend it if you want. She said, you always keep this in your wallet because as long as you have this in your wallet, you know, you'll never be broke. And I kept that thing in my wallet till I was damn near 20. Yeah. Still got your Santa dollar. And my sister didn't have hers. My cousin didn't have her. Yeah, I got my Santa dollar. I got my Santa dollar. And so I held on to that thing forever. And and as I got older, um, my family would always call me a miser. They're like, you you hold on to every last dollar you have. Like, you never spend it. Like, you're not the, you know, we give you money for this or that. and you're Or you work and you get your money and you're, you're not like anxious to go out and spend it on the, the next thing at Walmart or, or whatever. And I, I'll never forget this either. Um, this was probably 10 years ago. Like the only thing I'd spend my money on was travel. Like I'd work, work, work. Then I'd take a trip to Vegas, work, 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 and take a week to Florida, whatever. And my aunt asked my mom, she said, is Gary selling drugs or something? How is he, <laughs> how is he able to afford all these trips? That's all I spend my money on. Like I don't buy supplements and I take trips. Like that's pretty much it. So that's that's what I enjoy doing. So I credit it to my aunt. Um, she created the mindset that you know I want you know hold on to your money. Um, but on the flip side of things, I was having this conversation with a friend a couple months ago, and I think one of the issues of getting more money and making more money is that we have, we, we start spending more freely and we start doing things we don't need to do. Or we start doing things that, you know, you, you justify it in your head. Well, it's just like, I'm on vacation. Like, so what? Or, you know, I don't do this often. So it's justified. I, an example, I had a birthday party, uh, at Ivy in Cleveland, last year two years ago now two years ago and i had a last bunch year. of friends come out and they told me the price was going to be this um x amount of dollars 700 bucks or whatever we had bottles whatever so at the end like all my friends threw in whatever it added up to 700 bucks and they gave me the bill and it said like over a thousand bucks and now at this point, I got the bill at the end of the night. People have already left and everything. So I'm like, I can't go back to these people. I'm like, hey, can you throw me another 60, 70 bucks? Right. Even though they sat there and drank just like I did, whatever. It's just yeah. they came out to support me and, and have fun on my night. I'm not going to go back at the end of the night like, hey. So I was like, you know what? Just eat the cost. Like, who cares? This is your birthday. So now on my birthday, I'm paying out an extra 400 bucks or so that I did not plan on paying out. Right. But because I make more money now, I was like, so what? It's four hundred bucks. Where back in college, four hundred bucks was four hundred bucks to get you a long, yeah, long, a way. long way. So at least the next meal or two for yeah, sure. Absolutely. So <laughs> yeah. you know, and and like I said, I have that card where I spend it freely. I don't even look at the. It's not like I'm balling out like crazy, but I don't even look at the the balance on this card because it doesn't mean much to me. That money doesn't mean much to me. So I've developed some bad habits, you know, as I go, because I'm making more money and it's easier to, you know, have 5,000 bucks in your Venmo and you're like, oh, you know, I don't care about, who cares? Right. Like, the money's not going anywhere. It's going to be replenished. Um, 
where, you know, a long time ago, I wouldn't have done those things. But you only got one life to live. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, you're justification. Not... You can't take it with you. <laughs> yeah, you can't. Well, that's, I think I had a I had a conversation with somebody at one point where um, they were talking about money. It was no, it wasn't money. What was it? It was uh, some about free time or the time to do this, that, whatever. And, um, you know, I had kind of had this conversation that I was like, you know, like because it, it was a business owner and they really chase a dollar hard. And to me, I'm like, you know what? You know, I, they knew that I, I, I hadn't grown up with a lot. Um, so when I finally got to the point in my life where like, where I'm like, Oh, I'm going to pay all my bills this month on time. Like I got food in the fridge. Cool. Like that's all I've ever wanted. In life. Yeah. I'm and complete. It, yeah. Like I, I don't need much more. Like I got a couple extra bucks to spend on some stuff here and there. Like I'm good. And, uh, they like, they were kind of asking me for advice or something like that. And I was like, I don't have to tell you, man. I said, I pay my bills. I have food in my fridge. That's all I worry about. I was like, I guess more money, more problems. You right, know? right, right, <laughs> you right. Know I mean, like, I don't. And you just, you just start to prioritize as to what, you know, food in your fridge, obviously paying your bills, a, a roof over your head for you and your family. Those things all make sense. And then anything from there is is complimentary supplementary it's bonus. as long <laughs> as long as it you know as long as it doesn't affect what those main priorities are and i guess that's kind of how i look at things you know you work hard you want to be able to spend that money and if you you know another thing is as you start making more money you want some of the more expensive things you know you got a friend that's driving this you got a friend that's driving that you're like i can afford you know uh, i can afford that do I really need, do I, need, do it, I yeah. really need that? You know, I can afford to have this, but do I, does it even make sense? So sometimes those are the internal battles I have with myself. Do I really need to have this or that? I, I just paid my car off and I'm like, cool, I can, I can get a Like I can get a nice car and I can get a luxury vehicle if I want. But I just paid this one off. Why would I? It's and really it has, nice. has seventy thousand on it. Not a scratch. Not a dent. Not an issue. Needs new tires. Like, right. but in my head, I've gone back and forth. I'm like, oh, I could get it, and then I go back into car payment. Yeah, you know. I'll tell you what though. If it, you, you if you keep that car for a couple more months and you don't, you keep continue not to have that car payment. That's where I'm at. Like, I have this truck that's, it's an older truck, but it still runs. And then like, the I had an issue. Uh, a couple weeks back where I thought something like big might be wrong with it. And I was like, fuck, right. like, man, I had this thing paid off. Like it's got some miles on it, but like it runs good. Like it's my work vehicle. Like I don't owe nothing on it. And then I, for a split second, I was like, Oh, there's something wrong with it. Mm, <laughs> might have to buy another truck. Might have to buy a new right. truck. Like, uh, <laughs> like I'm kind of pissed off about it, but I'm kind of not. And then like, I, I fixed it really easily. And I was like, and then like, as soon as that happened, I was like, no, I still don't have a truck payment. It's all good. Right. <laughs> like I still, yeah. You like, got to like reground yourself and, and come back to reality. Yeah. So I can spend more money on the podcast. Right. right, right. <laughs> the cameras. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Like I said, the, we, we got some new stuff going right. on, man. It's, um, I had that conversation. Well, actually Tony had to talk me off of a, a weird <laughs> ledge, which <laughs> you never think Tony would do. <laughs> 
Usually, usually I'm a full send it kind of guy. Yeah, usually someone pushing you jump. off the ledge. <laughs> yeah. Just jump. It'll be okay. Yeah, well, like, I was like, man, I was like, like, because like, we want to, we're doing, like I said before, I don't know if we were recording or not when we started, but, um, you know, obviously it's a little different than uh, when you came on last time. We're doing some additional things and starting to get some things out. Um, and uh, I, we got some actual t-shirts coming out that are going to be available for people and doing different things. But it was like, man, like, I'm going to spend this money on this thing because it's like we're not, like, making money on this thing. Not, that's not the point, but putting a lot of money into this. And then, but at the same time, he's like, you know, like, bills are paid. Got a roof over your head. Your family's eaten. Like, if you have money to spend to give back to other people and to make something and create something and enjoy, enjoy what you're doing, like, I could spend my money on a lot, on a lot worse things. Yeah. So if I'm going to waste my money, I might as well waste it on something that's productive. Yeah, and, right. You know. Yeah, and at the end of the day, the IRS says you can have about 300 square foot of your house as an office and anything office related. Yeah. Everything I see in here looks like a tax oh, off. I've right? been, I've been, I've been checking, I've been keeping track of my receipts. <laughs> Trust me, I can right. tell you that. You don't, you don't even need receipts anymore. Yeah, well, so, I'm just keeping track. Of I don't know. No, I, I so, don't know how any of that shit works. I own my own business. Ah, so what the hell did you do before the last two years? I was a strength and conditioning coach. Oh, so that's like, did you like right out of high school or college? You said you went to college. If, is that what you went to college for? Mm-hmm. Exercise okay. science. Yeah, that's so, really good, Tony. That, that was me. So, <laughs> so yeah, right out of college, uh, I was a strength and conditioning coach for 11, 12 years. And How'd then, you land uh, that? Just right, like, just. That's a good story, too. Um, dude, I got, I got, life is crazy i I get i'm one of the luckiest people ever so out of college um i moved to aurora and i got a uh i got a deal on a a rental i was coaching wrestling uh a guy i knew or the other head coach he knew he was close with one of the wrestling parents and they had a rental so I took this rental. I lived out in the middle. I, I grew up only in the city. I lived out in the middle of nowhere. Big pond in my backyard. Long driveway. Come home. There's four or five deer in the front yard. Definitely not my style. So had to be like, a little it, it'd be cool you. if I had a bunch of four wheelers and stuff, but I didn't. So I'm just <laughs> living out in the middle of nowhere. The next house is yards are probably probably 60, 70 yards away, which in the grand scheme of things isn't that far. But when you grew up with... Yeah, when you grew up from in the city. Ten, yeah. yeah, 10 yeah. yards away versus 60, 70 yards yeah. away. It's a whole different ball game. You could throw great ragers out there, though. You, could, you do a lot of things. <laughs> you can do a lot of things out there and not get in trouble. Right. So um, so I, I was reading through... I think I was reading through... Um, oh, shit. What's home and garden no 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 uh, <laughs> i forget what website it was anyhow there was a job opening for a strength conditioning coach <laughs> so i ended up going up to this place called ohio nets it was a sports performance facility they mostly work with volleyball players uh poorly ran these guys were young they didn't know what they were doing but i showed up every day it was out in parma whatever worked there um and that place ended up going under so now I'm back in Aurora with no job. I was like, well, I'm just going to train people independently. I don't, I don't really know what I'm going to do at this point. Yeah, so I didn't work out of a gym or anything. I'm literally no no options at this point. 
So I'm in uh, the gym one day and I'm training and uh, I've been able to network and meet a lot of great people in Aurora. And uh, I'm training and I'm doing a movement, some cable movement for shoulders. And a guy comes up to me and he goes, hey, man, what's that movement? And I was like, oh, it's this. Showed him how to do it. He goes, oh, okay. My name's Geist. I was like, hey, I'm Gary. Nice to meet you. He goes, what do you do? I was like, I'm a strength conditioning coach. He goes, you any good? Oh, I like to think I am. He goes, you train baseball players? I was like, yeah, I can train baseball players. He goes, I got a kid. I, I'd like you to train him. How much do you charge? I was like, never trained independently. Oh, let me get back to you on that. That's a good so, answer. Right. <laughs> yeah. So at that point, I start training this kid. I'm undercharging him. I'm charging him like something so cheap. I can't even believe I did it. It's like 25, 30 bucks an hour or something, like dirt cheap. Because in my head, I'm like, you got to start small and build up. You know, right. you don't really know what you're capable of because you haven't had this type of clientele. So I start training him. Then I start training his brother. And then they introduced me to the Carpenters. The Carpenters, uh, Maddie Carpenter was a former MLB catcher. So I meet, I start training his kids. His son, Maddie Jr., ends up going to Ohio State and, and, and plays for Ohio State. So all his kids are athletes. I end up training them, and then it just steamrolls, and I'm picking up all these kids in Aurora. And now I'm running, like, um, uh, agility drills outside at the football field. Anywhere I can get space, you know, I'm training these kids. It's all like in your mid-20s? Yeah, this was this was a year out of college or so. <laughs> so I started to build up a name for myself and, and Matty Carpenter, he had um he, he he was he was willing to help me. He had money and he was, you know, and he knew I was young and um that winter came. And so he's like, you know, I want you to still train my kid. We need to find a place for you to train him. So ten minutes from me was a place called the Edge. They had a 50-yard turf field in there. They had a, a full weight room with all hammer strength machines. They had four basketball courts. So Maddie was like, here, I'll pay for it. You you rent the space. Only thing is, I ask you to train my kids. And obviously, you're going to train them for free if I'm paying for all this. <laughs> but you can also train all your other clients and, and do whatever. Sold. Yeah, it helps so to I, have some backing. Right. Oh, no shit. That's awesome. So I go up to the edge. Walk in, never even been in this place. I just know it's a sports performance place. And I'm looking around. Guy comes out. His name's Brian. Brian is who was supposed to be here today. Oh, we'll have to get him on. I, so I said, um, hey, man, I'm uh, just looking to rent the space. He said, what are you renting for? I said, basically what you do here. I just have my own clientele. He's like, yeah, it's not going to work. Like, conflict of interest. Like, we don't want you in here still in our whatever. Right. He didn't know me, so I'm like, that's fair whatever he said, but I do have a coach quitting this week. He said he found another job. He goes, so I'm looking to hire somebody as my assistant. I haven't put out, you know, I haven't put anything out yet. He goes, give me your resume and we'll see if we can get you in here. I was on a Monday by like that Friday I was hired. Talk about timing, huh? Yes. <laughs> Started the following week, was able to bring all my clients there, train them on the field, training the people at the edge. Ended up staying there for, um, you know, X amount of years. Now, I did, I guess, I did receive a paycheck from them for the, like, two hours out the day that I had to do their work, right. which was run a, a, a class. But outside of that, I was there all day training my clients that came right. through the door. It was like a contractor. Was a, yeah, yeah. yeah, so the disconnect with that place was when um, 
they were trying to rape my pockets. They were taking way too much money for clients that they did not recruit, for training that they did not, for marketing they did not give me, and for an education that they did not provide. And so I branched off from them, started training people, at uh, started doing a group fitness class over here at Barrington, started a, 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 a rec center opened up. I took all my clients over to the rec center, gave them a split of my money, and then next thing you know, I started training the owner of, of where I work at now, and he kept saying, can you work for me? Can you come work for me? Can you work? And I was like, I don't want to work for you. I don't want to work for you. Eventually but you want to buy a house, in, though. But yes. So eventually got in with him, and, um, and that was pretty much. And then all along, I, I was doing my bodybuilding stuff on the side, and that just continued to develop and everything, so. The only stipulation with working at Affinity was that I had to stop all my personal training. Um, so I had to stop that. He's like, you won't have time. I was like, okay, yeah, well. In hindsight, he's right. bodybuilding clients all online? You don't do any in-person? Posing. Them? Like today before I got here, I lifted with one and posed with them. Oh, okay. But I might pose one to two times a week, if that. And it's on my schedule. What if I... Correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like a lot of your bodybuilding stuff is uh, nutritional prep, like that kind of work. You don't do you do like workouts too, or are you just mainly like uh, the- when they're in season? My whole package is workouts, diet, diet, nutrition, workouts, posing, anything to get okay. you ready for the show. So you do give them workouts too. Yeah, like, I I would maybe and again assuming I would imagine people that are getting prepped for shows know how to do a workout if you give them the workout like it's um, not like because i've worked i've worked out with some people before like you know a friend or you know a relative will be like i mean i just don't know why i'm not seeing any gains or why i'm living i'm like well your workouts probably suck They're like no i i hit it pretty hard and i'm like well come work out with me and we'll, and we'll see out. how hard yeah. you hit it and then half an hour in they're like yeah i don't hit it this hard <laughs> right, right, <laughs> but right. i feel like most of the people you deal with probably know how to work out uh, in a sense no You'd be surprised. A lot of them don't train. They think they train hard, and they don't. Um, so it's a rude awakening when Until I get, when I break them down. Like CJ, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, you break down their form. You break down um, why they're not developing a certain way. Uh, their intensity, whether that be lifting, whether that be cardio. Um, you know, a lot of my guys, they make it easy for me because they're like, no, I don't need to work out. I'm cool. Like I, I know what I'm doing, gym. Oh, that's one less thing for me to do. Right. You know, I don't enjoy writing these workouts. So, um, but we're talking about a specific sport, and you know, it's not about getting stronger. It's about molding your body a certain way. So, if if I were to look at anybody in this room, and you're talking about competing, I can look at you and say, "Hey, your shoulders need to grow," or "Hey, this right. needs to grow." And you you got a really good developed upper back, but your mid to low back is weak. Oh, well, what do I need to do? Well, you need to change your grip to underhand and do this or that. So. Um, specialties type stuff. Yeah, so that's where I can kind of narrow. I don't care how how much gym experience you have. You might know every machine and what it does, but do you know how that machine relates to your body? Right. So that's where I can go in with the most experienced guy, a guy that's way bigger than me, way stronger than me, maybe even trains harder than me. I got guys that train harder than me, but do are, are they lifting for a purpose outside right. of just to lift, outside of just to get bigger, outside of just to get stronger? Um, it's how do you engage someone's intensity and how they're actually doing when it's when so much of it's online? That's that's easy. Um, 
a lot of times, well, what I'll do a lot of times is, especially with, especially with my girls, I'll say, hey, you know, let's get together and train together one day. What body parts you want to hit? Oh, they all say legs. Cool. <laughs> That's it, legs. Uh, glutes. Can I get that fat booty. Glutes, cool. <laughs> All right, and then right then and there, I'll go the whole workout and not really say much. I'll adjust how they're training, you know, hey, you're doing that wrong or do this. But then when we get done, I give them the cold, hard truth. You don't train hard. What do you mean? <laughs> this whole workout, you were always three reps short of failure. You were this or that. Right. You got to start picking it up. Like, that's that's why you're not seeing it. I said, the girl that you're going to be next to on stage, she's training hard right now. I said, so when you get second place or when you get fifth place. That ain't their fault. Yeah, it's yours. It's yours. <laughs> yeah. um, I just had a girl I trained with a few weeks ago. And honestly, she's been the first She's been the first girl that I didn't have much critique for. We got done and I was like, I was like I'm going to tell you something. And I said, I don't want you to tell your friends <laughs> that also <laughs> work with me. I said, but you train. She goes, thanks. I appreciate that. Like, I really try to go in and work my hardest. And she was, she was there for it. She... She worked her butt off. She she was there wasn't much I could say. There was things I could adjust, but intensity wise, that wasn't an issue. And you know that's 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 how I approach. You know, I I can have them send me videos or whatever. But of course, you know, that's in a minute, you're anybody gonna, can get intense cool. for thirty seconds. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, I wondered how if so much of it is online, but being able to see them in person and see what they're yeah. doing. Now the ones that are you know, I got people that are out of state. You just gotta if you if you if I have any sense that somebody's not training that hard, their cardio is gonna be hell because we got to get this off you some way. So if you're not training hard, you can guarantee that your food's gonna be lower and that your cardio is gonna be heavier. You can't cheat cardio outside of not doing it. You can't cheat cardio. So um, I mean, I guess you can intensity wise, but I give them the ranges that they're their heart rate needs to be and so on. So if, if you're not abiding by that, then you, this isn't the sport. For me. That's fast. So you're really, you're, I mean, you're, you're really speaking my language now. I love it. Um, so you're really looking at like the intricacies and like the, really the roots of all the things they're doing. And because like you said to your point, Cass, like you can't see somebody that's two States away, but, I would imagine with your knowledge and capabilities that I'm assuming that you have from the conversations that we've had, you know, by looking at their body structure and their weight or this or that, whatever, as long as they're not outright lying to you, you which can, they do, which, right. But you can say like, all right, well, I can see what you look like. Something's not right because you know, what you've developed and the things that you're doing are obviously, have worked right so something something has to be wrong you know I, I i i it's fascinating thinking about the your capability of being able to look at somebody and being like yeah you're not doing this this or this because if you were doing all three of these things we you wouldn't look we'd like be you further did. along right <laughs> and sometimes you know you do i got a girl right now uh we're playing catch up i know she I've trained with her enough and I've trained her long enough to know where her mindset is. She's the type that um, she doesn't complain much when it gets hard. She's like, it's hard, but I'll do what you tell me to do. Like there's no, there's no issues. Um, you know, she could train harder, but all in all, she's doing what she's supposed to be doing. And 
that's when it falls back on me. Like, okay, this girl's putting in the work. I know she's not cheating. Like, if she's cheating, she's she's holding a poker face. Like, she's lying blatantly to my face. But I know she wants to win. She wants to excel. She wants to improve. She hadn't competed in years. Um, but I, we ran into, we hit a wall, and I couldn't get over that wall. I couldn't figure out her body, what was going wrong with it. And I, I, like, this is where it gets tricky because you have to really pay attention and take notes and remember the smallest of details might not seem like a big deal until you hit that wall and then you realize that's what's going on. So in her case, I would give her refeeds. If I gave any of you guys refeeds in this room, what it typically looks like is you're running a diet plan and let's just say, just to keep things simple, you're doing 100 carbs a day, okay? 100 carbs a day, you're like, man, I'm struggling. My energy's not there. I'm like, we got to do this. We got to get you leaner or whatever. And then I hit you with the refeed. I hit you with the refeed to spike your metabolism to, you know, multiple reasons. But I hit you with this refeed, and that refeed is maybe 400 grams of carbs that day. You're like, I felt fantastic. My pumps were crazy. My veins were out of my arms. Like, I slept fantastic. Like all the positives in the world. God, I, was, I wasn't hungry. I even struggled to finish the food, but I don't care. It was great. I would give her refeeds and she'd be like, I just feel so tired. Like refeeds are not that great to me. I don't understand why people love these so much. Like it just makes me sleepy. Like it, I'd be better off without the refeeds. No, I need to refeed you for this reason, this reason. And that was every time I gave her a refeed, she'd say that. And I kind of just blew it off. You'll be fine. Eat the food. And she'd eat the food, and that's fine. Well, we started, like I said, we hit that wall. And those refeeds, I started thinking, maybe her body doesn't respond well to more carbs. Um, but maybe her body, like, she feels better on less carbs. Cut carbs, she's like, yes. Like, I, I like this better. The more carbs, the worse I feel. But fats are another energy source. And so I started thinking... Anytime her fats have been manipulated and her fats are higher, she feels fantastic. So I was like, I'm going to do something I've never done before with anybody. I said, I'm going to, I'm going to refeed you with fats and drop your fats off when I want to cut you. So I refed her with fats. She's like, oh my God, this was fantastic. I feel so good. <laughs> She's like, this is, I'll eat all the avocados in the world. I eat all the nuts. Like, this is great. <laughs> like she felt great. And She's now losing like three pounds, like it's fallen right off of her. That's awesome. That wall we hit, which took about four weeks to get over, it's now fallen off of her. Every couple of days she's dropping. And we're playing catch up now, but I think we're going to be okay. Um, but you figured it out. But I figured it out, and now I know moving forward. Unfortunately, this is a, a, a task that's based on time. So you only have – you don't, you can't afford to have – those walls right. a one or two week wall okay cool a four or five week wall that's four or five weeks you've lost and so you know i don't have to get on stage she has to get on the stage right. so i even you know in, in an effort to always be honest and straightforward i told her because this is going to happen you know this happens in any aspect of running your own business you're not always going to have a happy client or you have to deliver bad news in some capacity or another hey we were working on your house and we accidentally put a hole in your wall. Don't worry, we'll patch it up. 
but but we did put this hole in the wall, right? <laughs> yeah. We can't get out there till next week to patch it, though. Yeah, know? right. So in her case, then the customer doesn't want to pay you to patch up the hole in the wall that they, right. they put there. Yeah. So in her case, um, I said the deadline to enter this show is actually today. The the deadline before they hit you with late fees right. is actually today. I said don't enter the show today. I said um, I said we're behind. We hit a wall. This is what happened. Like you realize it. I said your body's a little bit different than everybody else's. It took me a minute. I'm glad we figured it out. But I don't want you to enter this show, pay for everything, commit to this, and then us not look the part. So I said, here's what we're gonna do. You're gonna enter the show the day the day before the show, the absolute last time you can sign up, and then I'm going to cover the difference on the on the late fee. So if the late fee is sixty bucks. Cool. It's my fault. I'll pay the 60 bucks and it's like it never happened. But I'm not going to have you paying late fees on top of me not having you ready on time. That's just an asshole move. Like, it's just, it's not that serious to me. I don't care if the late fee was 300 bucks. I should have had you ready. Yeah. So the last thing I want her doing is, and she wouldn't do this, but, you know, she gets done it. Yeah, I wasn't ready. I had to pay all these late fees. Like, Fuck Gary, blah, blah, blah. Right. That's not, I'd rather her not go through with this show and we find another show a couple weeks later. She has to diet a little bit longer. And I wouldn't even, if I tell you we're going to get ready for a show and I can't get you ready in that time, I'm not going to keep charging you. That's not really your fault. You, signed, you, you essentially signed a contract for 20 weeks with me. Beyond that is, now if we finish that 20 weeks and you're like, I want to do three more shows, Cool, I'm gonna right. charge you, but well, it goes to the kind of person you are too. Yeah, it's... you know, because it's yeah. Not only is it, you know, I I hear you saying that like you know, I obviously you don't want her to walk off the stage being pissed and you know, fuck Gary, whatever. But I I feel it because the way you've talked about your customers before too is, it's not only about your name, but it's you know, you don't want them to step on stage and be frustrated with themselves. Yeah, you know what I mean. And so I think that's. <sighs> You just and they got family and friends. That's embarrassing when you, you know, you get last place and you've worked your ass off, yeah, and you've done what you're supposed to do. In this case, she's done what she's supposed to. I've had ones that didn't do what they're supposed to do, but in this case, she has done what she's supposed to do. So, to, you know, not get the results, you she doesn't have to get first place. If she got beat, we're looking to bring the best her. If she got beat, she got beat. But if she got beat. Because of me, I have trouble sleeping with that at night. Like it's those things give me crazy anxiety. Like <laughs> having somebody come out on the stage. If she walked across the stage right now, and I knew she wasn't as best she could be, it's hard for me to even watch it. Like you're just watching it unravel on stage, and you're like Jesus Christ. And then when she gets off, <laughs> you know how hard those conversations are. <laughs> right. Like, and because they all deal with it different, some are like silent they just want to be by themselves some immediately come find me what went wrong and you got to break things down like well your posing was off or this was off or i don't know or well you know we hit that wall back six seven weeks ago yeah that's real but hey we'll get it we'll get better i don't want to hear that yeah you know yeah right when you lose that's the last thing you want to hear is yeah oh we can do better next time my bank account's not getting better all this money i spent (laughs) you know that's how they feel so um you know somebody doesn't do well it's it's, my next strategy is (laughs) uh 
what's this conversation look like? Right. And like, and, and my approach is usually give them their space. They'll come find me. They'll, every time they, I have to shift my focus to the next person. You know, it's hard not to get caught up in my head about it, but I have to shift my focus to the, to the rest of the clients I have at that show. They'll come find me when they're ready to talk. Then we discuss everything and, and figure it out from there. Yeah. Well, I think you mentioning how she was different, that particular client, um, it just really hits me how even not, not only in the physical health aspect of everything, but um, mentally and, you know, even as far as ideologically, you know, everybody's a little different. You know, everybody reacts to things a little differently, whether it be carbs or, you know, some, whatever it is, everyone kind of, reacts to things a little differently. And I think at the same time, like sometimes people change. Have you ever seen like, like clients bodies change at certain times too? Because I know it's been weird lately. I've been, I've got off of my, my COVID laziness and finally started getting back into the gym a little more and started working out. And like, there's days where I'll come home and be like, I just need to, I just need to eat some like chicken right. and some veggies. And I'll just like, just slam everything. Um, but I've never thought about like, you know, the refeed things like, you know, carbs and I've heard a lot of people, Oh, just eat some people are like, no, keto, right. no carbs right. at all. Right. And some people are like, ah, oh, you know, it's the, with the, the nose to tail, just eat all the intestines of all the animals. And that's, what's best for you. You know, like all the different things, but some people just, I think we've talked about it too on the podcast where it's, I got a pot. I gotta eat you got, we, yeah. we can take a break. A little potty break. I'll um, I'll I'll uh, rant for a little bit while you uh, you do your thing. Um, you got. <laughs> that's that's, that's got to be. I'm say fourteen hundred calories there. How much do you know? How much it is? Uh, that's got to be at least like a, like a what like a pound and a half of rice. It's uh, twenty seven. <laughs> Point five ounces. <laughs> 27.5 ounces. Not... Well, yeah, so that's... 8, 16, 24. So three... Three pounds and some... No, or... wait a minute. No, 16 pounds is a... Or 16 ounces is a pound. I'm tripping. I'm thinking eight in my head. So... A fluid. Eight yeah. ounces. What? Eight fluid ounces is a... A cup. <laughs> a cup and 16 ounces is a pound, right? No, don't. No, this no. isn't being live, is it? Yeah, I know. Yeah, I'm gonna record. A pound, of fluid, <laughs> yeah. a pound of fluid per water is like. Well, that's fluid. That's. Hold on, what are you figuring then? Well, it depends. If you're saying 16 ounces as a pound, like 16 ounces, like weighted ounces. Yeah, 16 ounces of something that has gravity on it should be a pound. Yeah. So say, but eight ounces is a cup. So that that's well, a volume yeah, measurement well, versus. Um, this is just shy of two pounds. Yeah, I don't, how do how do they ever do that? Like the uh, that's a that's a lot of food. <laughs> um, and I guess once you weigh the chicken in there, it's for sure two pounds. Of food. Yeah, that's it's it's got to be at least two to three pounds of food. Feel that? <laughs> I know. That's over like three pounds. That's, of food. A, that's a lot of food. Good luck. <laughs> what that feels like. Yeah. Um, oh, you're gonna be shitting eight pound babies after. Eight pound babies. How many times did they be shit? Like four times. Like, <laughs> I, was like, I was like five to six, dude, when I was like, I was like 235, dude. Oh, it's a lot of food. Yeah, usually like four times. What, what were you when you were 255? You shitting like I don't know. 
no because i like i said i i'm a i'm a snacker so i eat constantly but i uh for whatever mm-hmm. reason um you were a snacker on top of fucking stopping in the middle of i was eating fucking i had to meals. sometimes you, you gotta walk to the chipper and be out of breath i'd be like running yeah, five circles that's a big... around you like <laughs> <laughs> um yeah well like when uh, <laughs> i did um yeah. like because when when i realized like i said earlier like I'm about 5'11", um, and when you're 250 pounds at 5'11", like, and I wasn't, like, shredded, and I wasn't doing fucking cardio, I can tell you that. I was just, <laughs> that was during the, I just want to get huge and be strong. Um, it would be, like, just bending down to tie my shoes. Like, I wasn't fat. Like, I wasn't, like, the, uh, I didn't look like one of the strongman competitors, you know, because those dudes, like, not they're not that they're fat. But those dudes got a lot of fat on them because they're eating like twenty five thousand right. calories a day because they're three hundred and fifty pounds and you know almost mostly muscle. Um, but man, you just get so big to a point where it's like you start pushing on organs and stuff. I can't wipe my ass. <laughs> yeah, like and I'm in the shower. I'm you got just a bidet knock, up there. I'm just knocking shit over. Yes, I. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's why you, you have to get a washcloth big enough that you can grab both ends of it and do the <laughs> like you have to like use a hand towel for a washcloth. Circular. <laughs> it goes from a butt crack all the way through the back. Well, butt crack last. But. Butt crack last for yeah. sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> whatever. But yeah, I mean, like even being that big and and in quote unquote good shape, it's still like it's a struggle. Like I don't know how like actual bodybuilders do like the like the big like bodybuilding class dudes are like you know like the ronnie coleman's and like dude those fuckers get up to like dude what was he like 330 or 340 and then cuts down to like 260 no he was he was like 285 or 290 when he was on stage look at rami he's a monster yeah Yeah, like some of those dudes are just he gets on at over 300 it's that's ridiculous crazy 300 two percent body fat what yeah dude speaking of bodybuilding i gotta ask something here <laughs> so dude old rogan had a had a little special on there about so you know how you're dying up hmm? like color, oh! coloring your body oh yeah the yeah. black so, body yeah, yeah. So, dude, call call- like dude everyone does the dye and stuff the, the, the tan yeah, yeah the fake oh, tan. i'm like i didn't dying. Like the, no, like, no dude no. well the dye or whatever yeah, the yeah, tan. yeah, yeah. It's yeah, yeah. so dude i didn't realize that i thought this was a joke so, dude, whenever I watch, and it's been a, it's been a pretty long time since I've seen any bodybuilding, but dude, like white dudes, <laughs> stop at the head now. I, dude, I don't. I mean, is that something you've seen? Because they they say it's like they think it's going to be offensive to have a black face, the whole black body. Dude, I'm not making this up. Exactly. They were. I'm not. I'm not even lying, man. So their whole body's bo- like black tanned, and their face is white. I'd take my chances if I was wearing. Fuck that. You that's put so I'm, much time into this. Dude, that's what I'm saying. Like, People can be as pissed as they want and they'll come to the show then. Well, yeah. I, well, so I wondered, like, yeah, had you, have you seen that? Have you heard of that? Like, I've never heard of that. I've seen guys stop at their neck yeah. or their face because technically it's for your body. Like, yeah. If you've never spray tanned or, I mean, spray tan is one thing, but to have like that... uh Oh yeah, they were talking about yeah, look at that one. But to have um, <laughs> that's pretty brutal. To have that thick of a, a tan True. solution on your face, and you sweat and it's sticky. sticky. You end up looking like uh, what's his name? Um, 
Oh shit! Rudy Giuliani. Yeah, Giuliani, and they had that press with his hair yeah, dye. Yeah. His hair dye is running down his face. Yeah. But yeah, they. Yeah. A lot of guys don't spray, and girls too. But girl, guys don't spray them their faces because a lot of guys apply makeup, believe it or not, and um, they want a lighter um, complexion. Uh, complexion up top because to they don't accentuate the the body to not take off any any focus on the body so everything starts to blend together especially when you include hair and and so so because dude they were saying like white dudes with blackface might be offensive to like the black culture and i was like "Eh," i was like i don't know dude yeah i don't know but it was because it was uh it was the one with brendan schaub and it was a hilarious fucking conversation that they had but it was just like there's a weird fear there we're like you never know now like Fuck, apparently Dr. Seuss is a super racist guy now. It's like, I mean, like I get where I, I get what they're Bro, saying. Bro, you still reading your daughter, Dr. Seuss? No, but not because. Because she's reading more advanced yeah, things. She's yeah. reading like, Neil deGrasse Tyson. She's like, yeah. um, <laughs> Dad, this is fiction. I like nonfiction. Yeah. Um, oh. I'm just kidding. She doesn't. Oh, well, I was going to say, that's she's pretty still, awesome. If she's she does. on the force. <laughs> no. Yeah, well, but, um. <laughs> That's another thing. Like, I don't get, like I was saying earlier when we were talking about uh, Corona and everything, I don't get caught up in, and I've told you this before, yeah, we yeah. sat down and you asked me about, you know, all the, I don't even want to get into that on this podcast, but just a lot of things that go on in this world. True. So Dr. Seuss, movements, Corona, it affects me. It may affect my kids. It may affect my family. But it's just easier to stay removed from it than to. There is nothing I can can't stand more than going on Facebook and seeing somebody post something about their opinion, and there's 300 responses bashing them or agreeing with them, or two strangers arguing over face through Facebook. Who the fuck cares? Like yeah. you, you can argue all you want, <laughs> doesn't change the facts that this is happening in our world. So. Why even waste your energy? I'll defriend anybody that says this. <laughs> then unfriend them. Like, who cares? It's Facebook. The fact that we put so much energy into social media, I, that's a that's a whole other topic in itself. But I, those are headaches I don't need to have, personally. True. No, for sure. And that's, I think we've kind of touched on it before, too, where it's, you know, I... I personally am more plugged into like watching the news and all those things just to, I, I found a good balance. I think with, I've, I'm, I'm finding a better balance with it now. Um, <laughs> I told, I did say I'd have one for Gary since he's kind of choked down that giant meal. Um, I'm finding a better balance. Um, Cause I, I feel like I, I, cause I was not involved in politics or cause it was always, to me, it was always like, who cares? It doesn't matter no matter who the president is or matter what it's all fucked regardless. Um, I'm finding a better balance, but like in the last year, like with same thing you said, you know, you talked about, um, you know, being like last year you started investing more and, yeah, you and found yourself yeah, learning things on, yeah. and, you know, reading books. And I'm still like, I think I have like seven books going, but, um, reading more books and, and, and learning about things. So I found myself doing that. Um, and I found myself entrenched. 
especially last year with the political scene that was going on and everything that it was, um, and I, and trying to be as impartial to everything as I could and really trying to just to learn and trying to decide, okay, like, what do I really believe? What, what do I really think about this and this and trying to learn all these different things. Um, but I found also found myself like getting to the point where it was like, I wasn't having, I had a couple Facebook arguments. I will admit I, I was guilty. I had a couple of Facebook one arguments. Of those guys, huh? Yeah, no, not not really. It was just like I think the one time I had a Facebook argument we talked about in the podcast about um, there was a person that it was uh, during the OSU and I can't remember who they were playing the football game where this kid got kicked out. It was like a championship game for like spearing somebody, and it was just and I got in this whatever. But I've had a couple. I've had a couple of those. But then you realize like. Who ca- like everybody? A lot of people care, unjustfully so. Like, there's no reason. Like, but why am I getting myself wrapped up into this stuff? Gold it, jacket, green jacket. Who gives a shit? Yeah, like it's it's only detriment to myself. So why am I getting wrapped up to this? So I found myself like now I f- I'm still kind of connected and I still kind of see those things because like and I still will find myself turning the TV on on a Saturday morning and watching the news, but I'm getting better at not getting wrapped up in it. But just because since I do this and we talk about whatever comes up, so I want to like kind of understand somewhat of what's going on. So I'll like kind of just be, you know, abreast to what's, what's going on just so I understand that, Hey, this is going on. Um, but if I, if I, if I wasn't doing this podcast, man, fine, you know, give me a cabin in the woods because, <laughs> you know, like I, I, I enjoy being around people and, you know, I enjoy doing things. I do, what, I what's know. your shirt say? Uh, yeah, I know. I know. I, I hate yeah, people. I, I hate people. <laughs> I don't hate people anymore. Um, but I used to. Uh, but it's kind of to your point where it's like. It's not doing me any good. It's it's not going to do anybody else any good that I get pissed off that other people are being ridiculous, regardless of what it is. So why? Um, but I, I'm, I'm finding a better, a happier place to understand and be not, I, don't even, I wouldn't even say knowledgeable because <laughs> that's too strong of a word, but I'm going to use it uh, knowledgeable <laughs> about what's going on just so I can informed. Uh, Informed, yeah. yeah. Informed to, you know, in a slight sense of what's going on so I can have conversations about it and, you know. Um, but I think, especially in politics, there's so many layers of all the things that are going on. Nobody really, I don't think anybody really understands truly what's going on. It's a, it's a, it's a wild, wild west out there. But... Um, I had a point I was going to make to that. <laughs> sometimes, eh, whatever. <laughs> it happens. So it goes sometimes. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I told you I'd ring it while you eat your food. Um, I don't know. D- are you, uh... Dude, hold on. Before Sorry. before we I'm end this finish. thing. I'm going to finish this before we... Yeah, yeah. Well, I just didn't know if, like, if I could, like, if we wanted to kind of semi-wrap this up. So he could end up finishing his food and get on the road when he needs to. Even if we're wrapping it up, I still got I got a 
short question that I want to ask. Yeah. So it was, I think it was like podcast six or whatever. Corey asked this question to you and me and himself. And, uh, and I consider Gary a pretty oh. good friend and I consider him, uh, Oh, pretty, uh, yes. I would even, I would say a wise individual, man. Like we have some great conversations and I think that wisdom comes through, uh, some of the stuff that we've lived and experienced or learned from other people before, you know, we had to experience it. Um, but the question that business partner Corey asked, he said, if, if you knew that like you weren't going to be around tomorrow and you had to leave uh, a piece of advice for your child, like, dude, what would you tell your daughter, man, if you knew that, you know, you had a day, a week, a month, whatever, you weren't going to be around. You wanted to leave her with something, man, something lasting, something impressionable. And that's a that's a big-ass question if you need it's to think about question. it. Yeah, I feel like you're the kind of guy that has a pretty damn good idea of what you would leave to her because I feel like this is probably something that maybe you've thought about or, you know, or you already implement that you tell her on a pretty regular basis to an extent. Yeah. I knew right off the bat where you were going with that, and it I got excited. Oh, that's a good that's a good question. Yeah. Um, said <clears throat> we can come back to it if yeah. you want to think about it. I can keep ranting. We can start going some Chappelle. a little bit longer. I'm pretty. pretty <laughs> you, you, Chappelle you, ran a little bit. You can because I, I already know which direction I want to go. Joe Rogan. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. Um, I will roll back to one thing I was talking about. This isn't really all that important. But um, maybe an additional topic. Not topic, but a thing to hit on. Um, before we took a pee break. Um, you know, and it kind of ties into everything. How we talked about, you know, people being different with their, you know, bodily systems and whatever, digestive systems. You know, I wonder how much we change because, you know, what is it? They say, I don't know how much science there is to this or whatever, but they say like what your cells essentially replace themselves every six years. So every six years, you know, you essentially become a completely different entity. Um, so like your body changes, people's bodies change and they're, you know, people's obviously it's harder to change people's ideas and thoughts and brains, but it can happen. Um, but there's times where, you know, going back to your client that, you know, she didn't do all three feeds. Like there's times where I'll come home and it's like three days straight. It's just, I just want just straight meat and vegetables and I just want to eat it all. I don't want any carbs. Like I just want like all the vegetables in the world. And then the next, you know, two days later, I'm like, that pizza sounds really nice, <laughs> but like, and then when I eat it, I feel like shit, like fast food. And that's a whole different story with all the things that they make fast food out of. <laughs> that's, not, you know, that's not even food, but like, you know, I wonder how much of that is just your body responding to different things. And it, I, I have no idea the science behind it or how it works or anything like that. But it's, I think it's kind of fascinating that some people can thrive off of certain things whilst other people can't, you know, and we talked about like the lactose thing before where how it, it's a weird, like it seems to be, it could be the argument can be made that geographically a lot of people are, are lactose intolerant versus other geographical places. And it's like, all right, well, is that evolution? Is that just how like 
you know, so. I think some things, um, you can almost train your body to build an intolerance for, and other mm. things just happen organically over time. Um, so an example, an example would be, um, one year I competed, I dieted for most, probably eight months out of the 12 months of the year. And I've drank milk my whole life with cereal, cups of milk, whatever it is. <laughs> Was it Friday? You better put some water on that damn shit. Right, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so. Sorry. <laughs> random, but. So I, um, after that prep, I went back to drinking milk. And I'm talking immediately. As soon as I took it, I'm straight in the bathroom. Like, oh, no. clearing me out. Uh, <laughs> And and that was that lasted for I don't know months where I was that sensitive to it. Now if I drink it to this day, I'm still sense I can tolerate it. I haven't drank it in large amounts. But I can do a bowl of cereal. I might get gassy or whatever, but I I like milk, so I'm gonna keep doing it. <laughs> but I don't know what changed over time outside of me restricting myself from it for most of one year of my entire life to the point now my body doesn't process it well anymore. Do you think there's like a physiological change there that ha or, or that it was something like a, um, like, do you know much about celiac disease? I don't know uh, a great deal about it, but I don't think I have, honestly, I, I just think it was an adaptation of some sort where, you know, you know, maybe I could retrain my body too if I drank milk on the regular and, you know, just the same way I trained my body not to accept it. Right. But, I th I just think we change over time. Um, I was talking about this a couple weeks ago too, but it sounds so dumb. But as a kid, you get on a swing set, roller coasters, whatever. Now all of a sudden, I get on a swing set and I get sick. A couple swings, I'm like, yeah, I'm good. What are you? I'm not afraid of the swing set. Like, it's not too fast, it's not too high, but my stomach can't handle it. I'm good for three rides at Cedar Point, and then I'm on the games the rest of the time, feeling sick while I'm playing these games. Where I was a kid, I could hit every roller coaster in a park and go home and feel just fine. Right. So, like, what changed? Like, is it mental? Is it the concept that hey, if this mach if this if this roller coaster broke right now and we're at the top of this hill, this is death. You, you know what I mean? Like, I just don't quite get it. Um, but I don't know. I don't. I don't know. Yeah, you just roll with the punches, I guess. Or you even hear people say things like, you know, I I never was a uh, fan of this as a kid and now i'm older and i eat it like like did your taste buds change all of a sudden like what changed tomatoes it actually yeah like what hear it all the time with tomatoes i just i don't know so. i guess i've only had one thing that's stuck with me forever is olives olives I've, I've always hated olives yeah it's so bad that if if someone orders a pizza and they had olives on them and you pick them off he's like i won't eat it i won't i won't do yeah. it I won't even I won't even pick the olives off of a pizza. He's like, like you, you keep those demon vegetables away from yeah, me. Yeah, no, I'm good. I've never so. eaten an olive in my life, and I don't plan on. They don't look good. They, they, he just he just doesn't. Yeah, well, like I think so, that's I think that's an umami taste right there. I feel like they're missing out. They yeah. smell terrible. They they uh, smell. Man, green ones are shit. The black love, ones are fantastic. I I love Gary more and more. There's more time I spend. Take your, <laughs> take your word for it. More for you. Yeah. Well, that's what we have. Her pot, like so. <laughs> little inside Fantastic. to the to win household here um shoot before she doesn't do it anymore she used to like get a can of olives or whatever open it up 
and then like just throw them in the fridge not like put them in the container or anything just put the can in <laughs> i'd open the fridge and that's literally the one thing i will not eat i refuse to eat it will not regardless i just Bro, i can do eat. i i can do olive oil you a little bit a vampire with garlic with those olives maybe but it, i'll I, I used to open the fridge and it'd be woof, like i'd smell it i'd look in the fridge i'd see the can trash Boom. She'd be like, where'd my yeah. go? Yeah, he's like, yeah, I fucking threw him away. Right. Put him in a goddamn container next time. <laughs> like, that's the one thing. I'm like, I'm not, I, I ain't fucking with your olives. <laughs> right. I'm not doing it. Especially not making my fridge stink Can up. Can I tell you something, Joe Rogan? <laughs> I don't fuck with the olives. Yeah, don't do it. Don't you fuck with my olives. Ugh, <laughs> yeah, nothing. Um, <laughs> but maybe there is something to that You're every such six. A bitch. <laughs> <laughs> when it comes to olives, yeah, don't. Don't you yeah, fucking not happening. You know better. <laughs> Somebody opens salsa. I got to leave the room. You don't like salsa? I'm a, pick, I'm a picky eater. You yeah. notice I didn't as put anything a, on A there. picky eater as he eats plain white rice. And well, turkey. bro, there's there's picky yeah. eaters and then there's Gary. Like, I've seen this man order a oh, salad yeah. before and he's like, ah, oh, I'm going to need uh, this off of it. I'm going to need 1939 heirloom <laughs> beans there. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh is that the rasta version of the tomato no no no! don't no, want it then don't want i literally it. this is what a salad looks like for me yeah i ordered that with uh salad will come with oh it has tomatoes onions what was the temperature of the ocean when that sardine was caught i'm like <laughs> i just need uh cheese cucumbers and uh lettuce and don't let any of them touch <laughs> so, all combined so, throw some ranch on there oh well we don't have cucumbers Okay, cheese and lettuce. Oh, we're just out of cheese. <laughs> right, I'll just take is. lettuce. That's fine with me. Like I, that's how what my salads look like, and it's good. I don't need all the extras. I just need like meat on my like. If I'm have, typically like if I have a salad, there's probably more chicken and bacon on it than anything else. Like I just, yeah, I just, mm -hmm. that's why. Like I think there's. I think it's bullshit. They're like. You have to have like breakfast food. Who decided that like eggs and oh, bacon dude, I, I don't, is breakfast I don't, food? I like, eat I'll steak. Have, like, I'll old, have a old. taco for breakfast. Yeah, if I, I eat all kinds of stuff. <laughs> like, yeah. Bro, steak and bourbon for breakfast. I yeah. mean, mm -mm. Mm -mm. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Come down on this elk penis. Come down on this elk penis. Oh, shit. Um, hey, how, how hard is your timeline? Cause I, I don't want to make you late for it. Okay. Okay. I just, I just didn't want to make you late for anything. Cause I have all, I have all day. I'd rather eat this here than try to drive and eat it. Okay. Yeah. Cause I don't hang out all day long. I don't even care. Uh, I feel like you probably eat beef jerky for breakfast every morning. I do sometimes. And lunch. Yeah. Yeah. And dinner. Yeah. I did. I that was my lunch today at one point. I got a chicken breast out and threw it in the microwave and just stabbed it with a fork. Yeah, and it was just, yeah. That was it. Like, it's, <laughs> don't, don't tell me what I have to eat for lunch and breakfast and dinners. I'll eat whatever I want. <laughs> I'm still thinking on your question. I was trying to give you time. I think I know. Well, um, I think I would say it's hard to say one thing. I mean, you know, so you kind of combine into, it, yeah, wrapped, yeah, yeah. Um, Simulate them together into. I think I would tell her. Number one, 
live your life to the fullest. And what I mean by that is do the things you want to do. You don't have to um, be surrounded by, you don't have to put yourself in a box based on what society deems to be normal. So society, I, I, I ran on about this, but society deems marriage to be normal. Society deems men to like women, women to like men. Not saying that I want a daughter that's a lesbian or anything, but but that's you what still she want to this, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, society tells us we're supposed to go to college. Society tells us we're supposed, you know, all these different things. But at the end of the day, you get one life to live. And regardless of what anybody else thinks, if that means you want to leave your family and move across the country because there's an opportunity there for you, like go do those things because there's nothing worse than looking back and wishing you would have done this or you would have done that. Beyond that, it kind of tells off, but, you know, work for everything you everything you get. So you never want to look back and feel like you owe somebody or feel like you're indebted to them because they helped you do this or do that. There's going to be people that come along that do help you. We have all had help in some capacity or another, but at the end of the day, the only person you can truly depend on is yourself. Um, I don't care if it's your best friend. I don't care if it's your mom. I don't care if it's your dad, whatever. The only person you can truly depend on is yourself. So at the end of the day, you, you have to, you have to put yourself, um, you have to be selfish to an extent. And I've, I've grown up where I've looked out for everybody in my family. That, as bad as it sounds, it's probably one of my biggest regrets is <clears throat> I've spent so much time that, yeah, I've gotten to do stuff. I've gotten to travel. I've gotten to, you know, I made time for these things, but how much money, more money would I have? How, where else would I have gone in the world? What, you know, what, where would I be living right now if I hadn't taken my nephew in for six years when he, when I was at the tail end of college, if I hadn't, you know, moved my mom into my house, if I hadn't done, you know, looked out for my sister during her hard times. Like, so at the end of the day, a lot of people, you know, put family first and that's great. But again, there has to be a selfish aspect to it because a lot of those things have, in my mind, as bad as it sounds, I feel like set me back in some capacity because I was so worried about doing this or doing that for other people that, you know, I feel like I'm still playing catch up, especially when you look at other people that are your age and you got a friend that's doing this or doing that or driving this or driving that and you're like or living here and you're living here in Ohio still and you're like well I could have been me like that's not that you envy them but it's just what if like what would I be doing if I lived in Vegas what would I be doing if I lived in Arizona you know I got friends that are over there doing these things um so at the end of the day like I said I I think it in a nutshell everything just boils down to living life to the fullest and doing what she wants to do what makes her happy, not what makes everybody else happy. You know, taking care of your family. You know, my mom, my sister, my nephew's innocent in this case, but they all created their own issues, and they need to figure out their issues. And I spent, I've invested so much time and lost so much money and things trying to fix their problems. But who's fixing my problems? Like, you know, I, 
I'm not dependent on anybody to fix my problem. I have to fix my own problems, and I still have my own problems. So, um, it's it's kind of cliche, but live life to the fullest when it's all said and done, without going into crazy crazy detail with that. Well, taking your advice and being selfish, I appreciate and am super glad that your life has led you down where you are that you're sitting in that chair right now so yeah you know i mean i <laughs> look whatever selfish, path did, didn't know, whatever happened <laughs> that that puts you in this chair or across from me i i'm super appreciative um and not trying to like you know say you're wrong or anything like that but um you know i know at least for myself and other people that have told me that you know just hearing things that you've said and you know and i guarantee all of your customers um you know all your clients they appreciate that you are where you are you know what i mean so i think there's something to take out of that too but i, no, I totally agree you that know, makes i mean that makes sense because we tend to look at that's we're human we tend to look at the negative and things and not the positive so you saying that makes me look at the other side like you know I'm, I'm all i can think about is what didn't happen but there are a lot of good things that did happen there's a lot of you know although it sucks i w i was able to help these people you know my family these people my family members i am you know in all these bodybuilders lives lives and so on where people appreciate me for you know i i do work at affinity and there's people I may have made an impression on there as far as uh, uh, clientele goes and so on. So there, there definitely is a positive side to everything. But, again, it's it's so easy to sit and reflect on what didn't happen or or what could have been. Right. So Yeah, and it's hard, too, because it's like you don't want to live your life it, wholeheartedly and either of those spectrums you know you don't like just to your point like telling your daughter like you don't want to you don't want someone to live their life in the silver linings spectrum where you're always looking for silver linings on everything well yeah you know i didn't get to do this i didn't get to do that but you know this is a benefit like that's that's a really good perspective to have to you know kind of playing the antithesis of myself i don't know if did i use that right word right the opposite of your soul yeah like like not playing that, that can you opposite spell argument. that what's that can you spell that for me antithesis a n t i t h i i don't know i think it's e-s-i-s and then you have to repeat it at the end antithesis can you use that in a sentence for me yeah t-h-e-s-i-s what is the origin yeah okay i ain't spelling me but but yeah, playing, my, playing, my, playing, my own, playing my own devil's advocate, you know, I, I would agree. I don't want my kid to have to live in silver lining world. But, you know, you know, aim for what you want to do and do what you want to do. But when, when you are where you are, I guess maybe it, it doesn't help to look back and be regretful or whatever about what you've gone through but to be able to see the silver linings of where you're at 
and to use that and go, okay, like maybe, you know, you can look at where you're at and go, okay, I could have ended up here. I could have ended up in this place or that place. And maybe that is better than where I'm at. So now I'm going to direct myself to go there. I'm going to, I'm going to try to, to go and do the things I want to do, or it's, you know what? Maybe I'm in a better place than I thought I could be. And I want to continue to help people. And, right. And it's funny you say that because my thought pattern is along that way to an extent, but I'm so simple minded in the sense that like, I'll never forget my aunt raised me a good portion of my life. And one thing she said that will stick with me forever was um, at my high school graduation. I'll never, I'll never forget this. She said, um, Gary, I'm, I'm so proud of you. And I said, why, Aunt Peggy? And she goes, nobody even thought you'd make it this far. And I was like, it's high school graduation. Like, kidding me? Like, I had perfect attendance from day one of freshman year to the last day of high school. Oh, like, it's a lot better than me. <laughs> I, I, I had perfect attendance from first through sixth grade, and I missed a couple of days in middle school. Like it, so you were a geek. I wasn't though. I just, <laughs> I'm just that, that was you. that was like the that was like the mindset that she instilled in me. Like, go to like Got so these up. I did what I was supposed to do. So going to getting through high school, I was like, oh, it's not that tough at all. And then going to college and getting through college, like it was expensive. <laughs> that was the worst part about it. Studying sucked, but other than that, like I did what I was supposed to do. So. You know, to your point, I never, like I said, I'm simple-minded in, in the sense that task that might be hard for, might be hard based on someone's situation where they came from. Like you don't have to fall into these patterns. You don't have if you grew up in a household where uh, you saw your mom beat your dad every day. Um, your dad beat your mom every day, you might or vice versa, <laughs> or vice versa, or there were drugs or whatever, or you know, you grew up with nothing that doesn't set you up. I'm not a big believer in your product in your environment that doesn't set you up. It doesn't help you towards success. Yeah, it, it might make it harder. Yeah. But it certainly doesn't mean that's what you have to, what you have to do to be better. Um, you, you just got to endure and, and be patient. And, and when you, <laughs> you see that Avenue, when you see that hole, you're the running back and you see that hole, you got to attack and, and go and, and, and figure out how to make your situation better. And so, you know, again, the things that have happened in my life, I did what I was supposed to do. I, as far as I'm concerned, I, I took care of my mom. I took care of my sister. I graduated high school. I graduated college, whatever. I did those things and, and I enjoy helping people. That's why I coach. That's, but there's still things that I want to do for myself. A lot of these things are things I've did for other people. And as I get older, it's like, what about me though? I, like, it, and it, and it, and I'm making it sound like I'm the victim here. I've gotten to travel. I've, you know, I, I'm able to spend money on the things I'd like to do all those different things. But you know, we all, there's still something missing. There's still something missing. And I, maybe I can't pinpoint it right now. Um, you know, I, I know it's not marriage. I know it's, um, you know, I, I got a kid, um, but I, I, I'm, I just, 
I like excitement. I like doing things. I do. I'm the I'm the black guy that does all the 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 fucking the shit that nobody no black people do. I'm you can catch me skiing. I'll go jump out of a plane. I'll go do. My friends are like, dude, are you fucking serious? <laughs> yeah, I'm serious. I, let's go camping. I, I went camping. Yeah, I can swim. Yeah, yeah. Swim. <laughs> dude, I literally tell people, I'm like, I'm like, Gary is the black me. Yeah, like so, uh, yeah. let's. Like let's oh, do it. Like the one sorry, thing I haven't sorry, done is Gary. yeah, unfortunately. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> oh, oh, these Friday nights are right? good. Yeah, so, yeah, right? like, <laughs> like the one thing I haven't done is like hunt. I'll go shoot something. I yeah, shotgun. I've never, hunt. I'm I'm never hunted yeah. before. This fall, we'll go down but, to the cabin. We'll hey man, home. I'm like I'm yeah. down for all that stuff. No, nah, we're taking them on an elk hunt. Ooh, but to me that's living. Like people yeah. don't get to do that kind of stuff every day. Some people grew up doing it, but others, you know, don't get to do those things every day. So for me. That's that's freedom. That's a getaway. That's a that's a story to tell. That's you know going. To, I went to Iceland. That was so like it, everything looks like a postcard. Like you're like <laughs> literally, this is a postcard. You take. I show people pics and they're like, "You took that with your phone?" Yeah, that was my phone. It was just it was just yeah, there. It was crazy. It was <laughs> a waterfall. But, you know, people won't get to experience that. And I remember when I was in Iceland, I was thinking, "Man, I, you know, this is cool." I was with like four of my buddies. This is cool. I'm with my guys, but this is like something you want to take your kid to, or your your mom, or yeah. your family, because you know my mom's never done anything, and she's getting older. She's sixty, she's sixty five. Um, but one of my goals this year is to I'd like to take her on a, cru- a cruise. Is something simple, but it'll be the craziest thing to her, like seeing that open water, and you know just seeing things she's never seen. Um, I'd like to take my nephew. He's he's uh 15 he's never done anything like that as as much of a headache as it'd be having taking my mom out on this boat and <laughs> like I, it'd make me feel better as a son to to you know to get to do those things so um or for her to see those things i remember i'm going off on a tangent but i remember we went down to um uh, one year for her birthday i took her to it's called a gospel brunch she likes gospel music and it was on East 4th at uh, Pickwick. And um, so we went down there, watched these gospel people perform, whatever. And we come out, and like East 4th is, you know, it's all lit up at, at nighttime. And the queue was, or yeah, the queue was there, or whatever. And she goes, Oh my gosh, this is beautiful. She stops, she's taking pics. I was like, It's downtown Cleveland. Seriously? It's East 4th. <laughs> but, but she's she hasn't been anywhere. Oh, so that right. was cool to her. And I'm thinking, like, what if I took you on a cruise? Or what if I took you here? But she's just very stubborn. She's the type that, like, eh, it's too hot out. I'm not going outside the, <laughs> the cabin. Like, I'm not taking you on a week-long cruise and you sit in this freaking four-by-four four room. Like, <laughs> I'd be pissed. I'd have a blast out there by myself. But, you know, the only time she's leaving is to eat. I, was waste, I wasted her trip. So, you know, it's just, I don't know. That's just... How my mind operates. <laughs> so. Well, you know, I don't think it's a. You know, I think there's a lot of. A lot of times, people look at when you're doing something for yourself, that it's selfish and it's bad. You know, regardless, and it's like, well, sometimes you have to be a little selfish because, you know, re- regardless of how good of a support system you have and the family system you have and you know, everything you have around you, like you got to do some things that's, that's for yourself, you know, whether, you know, 
going back to the conversation you were here with CJ, you know, his wife didn't really enjoy the whole bodybuilding thing, but he said, you know what? Like he gives his wife and his family all the accolades for, you know, being what they are. But he even said, you know, and it stuck with me that he's like, you know what? You gotta, you still have to have something for yourself. You, know, you can't depend, you can't have your life depending on everybody around you. Like right. it's, it's great to give back. You know, obviously that's, I think that's probably one of the greatest things you can do is to give, to give to other people. But if you have to give yourself something in life, you know, and I've, you know, my wife and I, we've had the conversation many times where it's, yeah, like we do a lot of things together, but there's things that it's important. I think, especially in that kind of relationship where it's, you gotta have some things on your own because if your sole existence is depending on somebody else. You're not existing. Right. You know what I mean? You got to have something for yourself. So like, I, I think uh, this is just a personal reflection of, of you. Um, you know, I, I think, you're, you know, it's a little selfishness is, is needed sometimes. And I, you know, I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing, especially if, if you're, if you're doing all these good things for people, then right. I mean, you can't feel bad for, wanted to do a, a, an occasional thing or two for yourself. You know what I mean? And being able to enjoy life. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. It just, you know, sometimes it beats you up mentally, I guess. Cause that's one thing that help people with bodybuilding. That's not a need. Right. That's a choice. Um, on both ends, but to help, you know, a mother that has no place to live or, um, you know, a sister that's down on luck or whatever, a nephew that only has you to depend on. Like, those are the things that you have to do it. You have to, if you're not going to do it, who's going to do it? Right. But, you know, then you look back and you're like, I'm glad I did it. But right. how much money did I spend? I hate even thinking about that, but how much money did I spend? How much time did I lose, you know, to help make this person happy? When, like I said, who's, you know, I, I, I have things where I can get away and, and do things, but there's, you know, again, there's still just, there's things I would have liked to have done. And it is what it is. I, you know, I don't, I try not to hold resentment, um, but it's hard. Um, and I don't, I'm not the type that holds resentment like, hey, you owe me. But if I ask you for something. You, for the rest of your life, you should never have to complain to me about anything. Like, <laughs> right. hey, can yeah, you do yeah, this for me? You know I'm tired. What? Yeah, I was tired, too, when I moved all your stuff into, into this house <laughs> right. when you had no place to live. Like, I was tired, too, but I still did it. So, like, yeah. if I'm asking you to, to do this for me for an hour, I don't think that's too inconvenient. Right. But call me crazy. You know, just, just different things like that where – you don't necessarily feel appreciated. Maybe that's what it boils down to, not feeling like you're appreciated for the things you've done. Um, but you keep on doing them. Though, but you, you you keep on doing them. Yeah, yeah and there's a, I think there's a fine line there between that making you a good person and making you susceptible to, you Going know, crazy. getting taken advantage of. <laughs> but, you know, I, I think two things with that. Um, you know, one with, uh, it's kind of, I'll, Old Jesus, you know, it's old, old Jesus Christ, you know, mm -hmm. teach a man to fish, right? You know, so I think, especially with the younger 
people like, oh, he's he's finally finishing up and it's hitting him. Um, you know, like I think to me, like I think that's the greatest gift you can give somebody is, you know what, to the fifteen year old nephew because I have some nieces and nephews and things. It's like, I'm a kid, you know, just giving you something isn't gonna, you know, but I'm gonna I'm gonna help you. I'm going to help you help yourself achieve something or help you, you know, learn something that you can serve yourself through this. I think that's the most important thing you can do. Um, Obviously there's sometimes you just got to give it yourself, but I mean, I, I think it's, it's really good. I'm just, (laughs) I think I said, okay, get off the cross. We need the wood. (laughs) Well, Gary, man, I, we, I, I don't care, but you're way over your set date. I'm going to wrap it up. You finished your food. Yep. Man, thank you. Whenever you want to come on, you let me know. Listen, man, this is great. I enjoy being on. This is, uh, it's a getaway. This is a, this is literally like a getaway to me. Like it, this is like when I go, one of my as dumb as this sounds, one of my biggest getaways is going to shows. Like I go to a show, I sit up in a hotel room by myself. I got a TV there, my cell phone, and my computer, and I just silence. Like it's fantastic. And then my clients will come in, they look good. I'm like, yeah, you look great, cool. We're on track. I feel even better. Yeah. I sit there and then. I end up staying up all night because we're there for a show. But those things are, this is like a getaway for me. Like it's, I don't mind driving down here. We just sit here and BS and hopefully one of these days I don't have anything going on after. And yeah. <laughs> we can partake in other festivities. But, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. well, I appreciate you coming down, brother. <laughs> yeah. so, thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, thank yeah. you, man. Next time. <laughs>